big week for things. Stuff. Stuff. Events yeah, occurred. Pretty good. Pretty good. Events plural occurred. First, we're going to talk about Code Conference just, just for a, a moment because, uh, wow, there was this uh, uh, Tim Cook, Laureen Powell Jobs, Johnny Ive interview uh, by Kara Swisher um, the, the night of the iPhone 14 event. And uh, this this took place in in California. Uh, is Kara Swisher's last of these? We talked about this before in the podcast. But is Kara Swisher's last of these? She's she's sort of retiring from that part of her her job, and I think doing something something more with 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 Pivot and um, the the sort of podcast enterprise there. But this was this was pretty good. I mean, I think we 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 knew early on, you know, that it would be these three together, and the the, the topic would be Steve Jobs because. Um, you know, all things D, D, D7, D8 conference, all those, those are all the great C jobs interviews from Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg, uh, you know, and this was sort of because it was her last time doing one of these. Uh, it was a great occasion to get these, these folks together and talk about C jobs. And um, I actually got to see it. They, they did a, they, they did, you know, for a conference, like you pay a lot to go there or um, if, if you're media, you know, maybe you get invited and, we got access through uh, they did the live stream on Zoom because it wasn't like a free live stream to watch online. They'll, they'll do video replay later, I believe. They do but, a video at some point, yeah. Yeah, but but for the live event, um, you you could pay to watch it online through Zoom, but we got the media access to watch it. So um, yeah, I, I was asleep at that point, so I only, <laughs> I only saw the tweets like in 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 recap. But it seemed less of like a a fluffy Steve Jobs reverie than I thought it might have been going in. Like there was some, you know, question answer stuff as well. But do you want to just give a rough overview since you actually watched the thing? Sure. Well, there. so so Kara Swisher, uh, you know, un- unpolished and raw, dropped a number of F-bombs. <laughs> it was like, I don't want to talk about the F and iPhone. No questions about the F and iPhone. Like all this, you know. Um, and I think I just like in general, um, because I, I think I think it'd be really cool to see the same interview with the three people separately than together. Mm. But it was also pretty interesting to see these three together because how how different they are. I mean, Johnny Ive is is very much his own person. Lorraine Powell Jobs um, don't know a whole lot about you know. I know, I know what she does professionally with the Emerson Project and everything, but um, don't know don't don't see her speak a whole lot. And then Tim Cook extremely media trained extremely corporate compared to the other two <laughs> you know, but they but they all do know steve jobs you know in their own in their own capacity but they had different relationships with steve jobs as well so um it was it was definitely like just fascinating to see these three together interviewed by Kara swisher and there was even a segment um where walt mossberg remotely asked a question um of the group as well so was- yeah because they had a little surprising qa section which seemed to diverge slightly from you know the general theme of steve jobs because tim yeah. got asked about rcs the uh yeah messaging alternative where obviously apple has iMessage and uh an sms but the android camp and google has been you know doing a kind of a political camp a political campaign to try and get them to adopt rcs and they have been you know resistant and basically silent on the matter and someone finally got an opportunity to ask cook directly and he his response was get your mum an iphone because yeah. the questionnaire was basically asking uh i can't communicate i can't send photos to my to my mother because she has an android device and not an iphone and why can't you adopt rcs and he said something to them along the lines of like we don't see a lot of interest in our customers for that kind of thing 
and then he got pushed on he said just get your mum an iphone so i think that kind of settles that that they have no interest in adopting rcs anytime soon yeah yeah and i mean to be clear you can send photos and videos it's just, it's just not as high quality just not through iMessage. yeah yeah like you can use whatsapp <laughs> that's what i thought like that's kind of what i thought yeah. it their answer would it were like maybe he hadn't been like media trained yet but yeah. a, a more like polite and conservative answer to that question is like there are you know we don't restrict what messaging apps are on the iphone there are plenty of options and we offer iMessage and then you know the implication is if you want to do that just use whatsapp or something but yeah. um, you got tim cook on the on the off the cuff with the just get your mum an iphone yeah he was he was also asked uh, uh he, he was he was asked about sort of it, by Neil Patel at the Verge if, if he was as concerned as other attendees were being interviewed about the security nature of TikTok, and he you could tell that was a question he was not trained for because he he gave his answer was I'm not a TikTok I'm not an expert at TikTok, and it was almost like <laughs> I, it was almost like I'm an old guy not not a not a TikTok user, so I don't know about TikTok, but of course he knows about TikTok. He's the CEO of Apple and. You know, it's it's one of their most popular apps, gigantic app on their platform. Yeah. Uh, and there were there were some good like non Steve Jobs topic, you know, questions, um, you know, about these these apps exist on your platform. They you know, you the iPhone wouldn't be popular if it weren't for these social media apps that are problematic and um, they wouldn't exist without the iPhone vice versa. So there's some good I questions. I saw Lorene mention something about Tesla and she was like, yeah. oh, I know you and Tim, you and Johnny don't like her. Don't like that, but yeah. So th- there were some questions. Uh, like Karen directly asked uh, uh, Johnny and I, but, but "What would I call it like if you designed that?" And his answer was just flatly, "I don't like." You know, you aren't supposed to ask me that. And he says, "You know, I can't talk about that." But it wasn't in like a like a ha ha way. It was like almost like visibly annoyed that she said it because they like, probably had some sort of ground rules on the way in about we're talking about Steve Jobs, and then he just she just flung that out as a bit of a you know yeah gambit and obviously yeah. they're not going to respond but yeah, yeah. but the Laurie Powell Jobs did say, did say you know I, I know you guys don't like the design of Tesla but I find that the integrated safety is is very very good and, and sort of like pointed at Tim and Johnny so it was, but, but it was it was it was more, like that that came from um talking about I think it was talking about like soul and design and mm-hmm. um Johnny had sort of referenced that um that's that some user interfaces these days are, are like he, he said that i think that like you're trending design toward tactile interactions more than than flat surfaces and that that's like kind of the long view of like where design elements go is is tactile interactions and um and then kara sort of said you know as opposed to like like car multi-touching cars because he said um some designs that are wrong today are multi-touch for the sake of multi-touch and the getting away from tactile, where, where that should be where we're going. Um, and then she said, you know, like car interfaces. And then he was like, exactly, you know. And and, huh. then, and then that's that's how that Tesla kind of came into it was, you know, I know that you don't like the design. I think, it, you know, it wasn't about like the way the car looks or anything. It was about the majority of things being through a touchscreen versus, you know, physical controls. Got it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they also announced this Steve Jobs archive project thing. Yeah, this was also a Laurie and Powell Jobs announcement, and it was just sort of mentioned casually as if everyone knew about it. And, you know, maybe a lot of people do know about it, but it was news to to the media. Um, where she, she just said, you know, the, the, the URL, stevejobsarchive.com, and we went there. It was there, <laughs> and it's pretty good. Um, you know, she talked about there'll be some physical elements to it, but it's largely, you know, a collection of ideas. And it seems to be, I mean, if you go to the website, you can see what it is, but it's it's just a 
a, f- a select few ideas that he Steve Jobs sort of championed. And a lot of the sources for it are public. Some of them are internal Apple videos. So maybe that's kind of the uniqueness of it. And there's also sort of a call to action for if you have things that you think should be included, then you can submit them. Um, you can sub- And the top, the top item is an email that Steve Jobs sent to himself in 2010 which is like you right and it's, it's, it's like a self-retrospective on you know his input on the world basically yeah it's it's so much it's it's that so much of what he enjoys he didn't create right down to the personal computer <laughs> but that that's so so he's it's it's a humble uh acknowledgement of you know the the things he has he didn't create so um and, th- and there's like a little subtitle to it on the left that's like steve jobs often emailed himself <laughs> To, to to these notes i didn't know that so yeah i didn't know that yeah that was really surprising yeah the first half of the whole interview felt like the way that um me and me and chance miller and seth weintraub and, and our slack were talking about it was like i think seth's line was sort of uh let's all get together and read uh lines from the from the isaacson biography because it was like that it was like right, they, they were okay, all yeah. saying things that everybody knew and they were saying it like it was from their perspective but it was like yeah we've heard that before we all know that um, and then I'd say the second half got got better, got good. Yeah, so not a bad showing. That was uh, the first event of September 7th. After the break, we'll talk about the main course. But first, Happy Hour This Week is sponsored by Declutter. Now that the iPhone 14 lineup has been announced, old iPhone models are about to see a drop in value. Historically, that drop has been about 12% in the first month following the launch of new iPhones and 20% depreciation three months after launch. So that means that right now is the time to lock in the trading value of your old phone before upgrading to iPhone 14. And Declutter is 9to5Mac's official trading partner, and it offers a fast, easy, and free way to sell your old devices. It will also come with Declutter's tech price promise to guarantee you get the first price quoted or request your device back for free. Declutter makes it easy to lock in your iPhone's trading value with a generous 28-day guarantee. And that means you can keep using your current iPhone and send your device in after you get your new iPhone 14 delivered without having to take a hit on the depreciation. So to get started, hit the link in the show notes or head over to declutter.com slash 9to5Mac and tell them what you're selling and you'll get a free instant valuation. Then ship your items, no cost to you, and you can get paid the day after your items arrive by direct deposit or PayPal. That's declutter.com slash 9to5Mac, D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R dot com slash 9to5Mac. Thanks to Declutter for sponsoring the show. All right. Uh, before we get into the the uh, product announcements, let's talk about sort of the framing of the the, the keynote, how it, how it began, and everything for historical sake. So, um, Tim Tim Cook appears, <laughs> talks about it's sort of funny. Talks about how these these events should be should be in person. That's what the C Jobs Theater is for. And then he convinces. Uh, then he then he has to play on a video. Yeah. <laughs> so just like WWC, where they had uh, Cook and Federighi come up and like chat to the audience for a couple of minutes before the stream video began. The same happened here at the September event, and Cook uh, basically welcomed people that were in the audience to the Steve Jobs Theatre and said, we really miss doing these events, But and Steve Jobs Theatre is about coming together, but we also really like how these films are put together, and we hope you enjoy the film. So if you kind of read from that, it's a bit disappointing that it sounds like they're going to carry on with this model for a, a while, because I don't think he would have said that if they're going to go back to like on stage, you know, keynote things again, so... Seems like for at least for the foreseeable future, it's going to be invite Pete Press to the campus, play a video that everybody sees, and then there's hands on afterwards. Which I'm a little forlorn about because I I do think the videos are losing. Like they're amazingly well produced, and this latest one, I mean, 
how knows how much money they spent on it because like every single shot was crazy had so many cutaway videos and like crazy production but still there is a magic that's kind of been lost that let's just say the Steve Jobs Theater was originally meant to be used for yeah if Johnny Ive were still at Apple he would love this format though because he never did yeah. the, the live talks I mean he did but they weren't great and then he stopped doing he, he only did that. like one right and yeah. that was the um unibody MacBook design yeah and that was like 2008 ish and uh, jobs invited johnny up to talk about that and he was like visibly nervous he like you know fumbled his words and stuff and then he never did it ever again and he only ever appeared in voiceover on the videos right yeah Yeah. so anyway that was the pre-show yeah yeah uh you know we we knew from the rumors you know and also the calendar that this is iphone and apple watch and then sort of late late in the in the cycle we we learned that this probably also airpods so um tim cook in the way that they've done these lately said as much at the beginning of the keynote you know we're gonna talk about three products today iphone airpods apple watch um i would say my, my guess was that they do the watch last and that they do the the you know apple watch pro equivalent last as, as sort of you know the, the top around that but they didn't they, they began they, they began the opposite order <laughs> yeah i don't know why you said it in that order because like, yeah. oh, okay ready to talk about the iphone then no <laughs> the apple watch is first yeah uh, they had one of those like dear tim videos where it's like how the apple watch saved your lives and i mean yeah. in different ways where they get real people that have obviously written in to talk about their stories but i mean they did this before but this time around they went like to 11 they had like a guy who was trapped in a cabin with a bear there was someone who had been like who'd slipped into a trash compactor <laughs> crazy someone was having hypothermia and someone was literally in a plane crash and you know, that was, I, I'm pretty sure last time it was just more about like atrial fibrillation and exercise and working out and like heart yeah. stuff. But these, they like really pushed it. And presumably the people in the video are like the people that it yeah. happened to and not just actors. But I mean, they had them recreate their uh, incredible <laughs> misfortunes. They had like plane crash, you know, set up fully as if it was like a film set. Like it was yeah. kind of almost bordering on the edge of too much. I don't know. But uh, I guess I guess it was memorable. <laughs> it was weird though, I thought. Yeah, it was, but it was it was good. It was good theater, uh, you know. And and the fact that we know that they're real too. Uh, a lot of times we we see stories that we've seen in the news, and and I don't know that I've seen the bear or the trash compactor or the plane crash. So to keep a better eye out for those stories as, as they happen. Uh, they they move right into the Apple Watch Series Eight, which um, good. You know, they call it the Series Eight. They run a video reveal, and. From there, like, okay, uh, looks like the Series 7, no surprise there. Um, there was a lot of recap of existing Apple Watch features, let's put it that we, way. We go from the video to actually talking about the Series 8 and what it can do, and I messaged in Slack, just kind of confirming because I was a little bit confused, like, have we? has there been any news yet? You know, like, if we were writing this out and you're saying this is what's new, has there been anything yet? And there hasn't been. Um, they were recapping, you know, everything the Apple Watch can do. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is what they do when they there isn't a lot to this model <laughs> right like, okay okay i'm i'm, I'm uh, my expectations are correctly set now there's not gonna mm-hmm. be too much here but there was mm-hmm. there was some stuff but it wasn't like yeah ginormous it's per- perfectly good apple watch update what in line with what we expected presentation wise uh, it was necessary to lean heavily on what it what what the apple watch can do including the series 7 and uh you know if if you're coming into the apple watch fresh then this is a really good explainer of what it can do uh and and effectively i mean this is true of iphones as well and and 
when, when the new thing does all the things that the old thing does and like maybe one or two more things and the old thing goes away because they're so similar, you know, this is one of those situations. So one of the new things is the temperature sensor, which has been rumored for months and months at this point. And there was talk about, it's probably not going to be able to measure absolute temperatures. You won't be able to get a reading. It will be, you know, rough indications. And if anything, it's even more restrained from that because the way they described it on the stage is that it's specifically for uh, the cycle tracking stuff yeah. for, um, you know, me- um, menstruation and and, and uh, ov- ovulation. Mm-hmm. Like the way it was described, the the there's two sensors in the watch. There's one that sits under the display and one that sits on the back crystal. Uh, two temperature sensors, and they basically calibrate each other out. So the one under the display can you know get an estimate of the room temperature, and the back crystal can get an estimate of your skin temperature. And so if it's really hot outside the body temperature can kind of like subtract the difference so it only so it gets a more accurate reading um but it they they don't seem confident enough to show you an actual number if what they show you in the health app is like difference from baseline so there's like a graph and it says on the on the y-axis there's a baseline text and then it says like plus 0.1 fahrenheit or minus 0.1 fahrenheit and you can see a graph of change compared to baseline but it's unclear how baseline is determined whether you have to like input it manually or there's like a calibration step and even even beyond that it seems like this temperature sensor only is operational at night so to use the feature at all you have to wear it to bed um and then they said that the series 8 will sample your wrist temperature overnight every five seconds so if you if you're one of the people that use your Apple Watch and use it for sleep tracking and stuff, then this fits right in. But again, even then, it might only be for people that are using the cycle tracking feature. Uh, it's unclear if you could just like you know translate have your temperature tracked in the health app at all. If you're a man, for instance, and aren't using the cycle tracking stuff for obvious uh, reasons. I also say that we're one we're less than twenty four hours out from the the keynote, and so. Maybe some of these questions get answered later on, and maybe they're even like out there, and we just haven't seen them yet. But I, I would agree with you that from from the keynote, it seemed like this is specifically a cycle tracking feature, um, which was framed very well. I mean, uh, it, it's it's a metric in family planning, and as as well as indicative of uh, health issues. So um, positive there. I, I like I, I'm not. I won't complain that you know you can't do more with it. I will just comment that um, I'm I am. It is unclear to me the extent of what it can do. And for us, doesn't seem like we're the target market for what it's for, which is fine. You know, no, mm-hmm. nothing wrong. We're doing you know features uh, centered around women and stuff, but I'm not going to use the temperature sensor as a reason for me personally to upgrade, at least in the current state, because I don't think I can use it. And even if it does work, if it only works at night, I, li- I don't like wearing my watch to bed. So it's a bit of an outsider. I think, I think it's fair to say uh, with giving you know, full, full, full credit for this feature and how it's presented that there is also reasonable potential for a temperature sensor to, to do other things. If it can't already, that, that maybe in the future, it can things that, that we hope it can do in the future. So, um, yeah, well, this, this is the start of it at least. Yeah. And getting automatic, like estimates of ovulation retrospectively with a little alert on the screen is a, it's a great feature, uh, presuming it's you know decently reliable. Sure. Uh, yeah. It just bring, adds another thing to the roster of Apple Watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Similarly, they have car crash detection now, which may be coming useful if you, in the future, have to entrust your life to a self-driving Apple car. <laughs> uh, if if you're similar to the full detection, but this is for car crashes. So if the worst happens, you get into a car accident, 
the watch will automatically alert 911 and notify your emergency contacts. Uh, contacts. This is enabled by two new motion sensors in the watch. It's an upgraded gyroscope and a high G-force accelerometer. Uh, I was slightly nervous because the person presenting this was standing there on a seemingly open road. So mm-hmm. there's somewhat of an ominous thought that are they actually going to show someone get run over? But no, he just spoke about it and they talked about they're going to track, they use machine learning and all this stuff and they can detect you know, head-on impacts, side impacts. They can detect the pressure change when the airbags go off. And the car crash detection feature is only running when you're in driving mode. So that naturally helps them cut down on false positives because mm. I think full detection is pretty accurate. But you definitely get occasions where it pops up and you haven't actually fallen over. You've just been, I don't know, do, doing something. Uh, but for drive, for car crash detection, it doesn't seem like they're going to do any sort of analysis unless you're explicitly in a you know do not disturb while driving situation. And then that automatically cuts down on false positives because if you're if you are actually driving, unlikely to be some crazy impacts that aren't you know of of a severity that do need the feature in the first place. Yeah, when I first saw this presented, I sort of thought, um, it can can I guess fall detection can't do this. It's a whole different set of algorithms. But they also talk about changes to the accelerometer and everything that that allows this to happen. So fair enough. Uh, Again, they, they heavily frame it. I hope you never have to use this feature. Same. Me too. Yep. Yep. But it's cool that it's there. Uh, they said it has this, the Apple Watch Series 8 has the same 18-hour battery life as the previous battery life rating, even with the new body temperatures and the crash detection stuff running. Uh, and they've announced low power mode, obviously much rumored by... Uh, Bloomberg's 95 Matt, uh, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he says, th- th- sorry, they say that low power mode will give you 36 hour battery life. So basically double the standard battery life. Unclear what features are disabled in this mode. It's not like power reserve where you only get the time. You can still use most of the watch. They said it disables always on display and stuff like auto workout detection, but presumably it has to disable some other stuff too that they didn't go into. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to get. You know, a doubling of battery life because we, you know, you can test turning off the always on display right now, and people do that, and you get, you know, ten to fifteen percent more battery, but it's not double. So we'll see when that feature actually ships. Uh, in WatchOS nine, because it's not just a Series eight feature, it's available on all Apple Watches Series four and later, which is a nice little bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I will point out that Series four already doesn't even have an always on display, so. Kind of already living in low power mode. <laughs> yeah, you probably, you probably get the best results when you have the best battery life and the most features to turn off. Presumably. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, international roaming is coming with WatchOS 9 as well for Series 5 and later. So if you're roaming on your iPhone with the cellular plan, you'll be able to add your Apple Watch to it too uh, and use your Apple Watch cellular data in other countries. You said before, right, they, you could do this before, but it was for emergency calling only, so like emergency services lines, right? right. Yeah, it called, they called yeah. it on 911 from the Series 3 or later, I believe, is when they... I think it's Series 5, it's international. Series 5 is international, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so so that, that was just for emergency calls. This is actually for using your watch as a standalone cellular device with, with your plan having supporting it. Like now, the I guess before, you know, obviously your phone could and your plan could, but your watch could not. And now your watch can based on the, what I guess the radios inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's basically it for the Series 8, like hardware features. They didn't talk about the chip, which means it's the same, which we were expecting. Mm. Uh, they come in some tweet colors. You've got Midnight, Starlight, Silver, and Product Red, you know, yeah. aluminium. Silver is new from Series 7. Um, blue's gone. The red they didn't like. I guess they highlighted that it's, it's a different shade of red, but they said yeah. it's a different shade. Yeah, yeah. It was just the third round of red. 
Uh, I think Silver coming back is, is like last year, I, I feel like Midnight and Starlight were the replacement for Silver and Space Gray, but then they did the MacBook Air and Silver and Starlight. And so, you know, fair enough. Now they got the Silver back on the watch, which people like as a neutral option. Um, so it's Space Gray, which, you know, I think was is, is always your choice for the neutral option. Yep, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and then on stainless steel, they yeah. have got silver, gold, and graphite. Edition yeah. is no more. Edition's no more. Nike is no more, right? It's Nike is no more. They've put the Nike. They've got some new Nike bands, and there's still an Apple Watch Nike section on the website. But you can't actually buy an Apple Watch Series Eight with a Nike logo on the hardware anymore. You yeah. just buy the, the the Apple Watch Nike section just promotes bundle combina- uh, band combinations with the watch. Right. And as part of that, they've made all the Nike faces available on all Apple Watches, which is really nice. Terrific. So it doesn't matter what Apple Watch you've got, if you can get WatchOS 9, you can have all the Nike faces for free. It's just the first time you can get an Apple Watch in stainless steel and have a Nike face, you know, when you pair it with your Nike band that you bought separately. In the one of the changes in the band, the first one, I didn't quite understand what was different, maybe just the color combination, but the other one is the... Um, the the Velcro loop, and instead of having the Nike logo and the word Nike on it, now it says just do it, and I love how they announced it as like a feature update. <laughs> but sure, you know, okay. Um, and I don't know if you mentioned it, but the the low power mode coming to Series Four and later is is a coming soon feature, right? Not a not a release at launch. Feature. Well, this is a funny quirk of the presentation. Okay. So in the script of the video, they say it's coming soon, but if you download the release candidate of WatchOS Nine, mm-hmm. the feature's already in there. Okay. I think online they also say coming soon. And there's some other coming soon features too. Like there's a feature where the watch can um, de- detect race tracks versus like, you know, just an open road and even yes. even have you confirm which lane you're in just for hyper-specific data. Um, and then on I the, mean, that's a cool feature if that works. That yeah. is cool. And then on the um, website they even show, they say this, they say, uh, coming soon race route, repeat it and beat it if it's an outdoor run or outdoor cycle workout that you often do you can choose to race against your last time or best result and receive in the moment updates to help you get there so i didn't don't recall that one from the keynote but that's on the website at least so 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 i just i've got watchOS 9 on my apple Watch series 4 and i've just clicked on the little battery thing mm-hmm. the low power mode toggle is there it okay. says that it saves battery life by limiting the sensors as well as the wi-fi connection on your apple watch incoming notifications may be delayed this will turn off features such as background heart measurements heart rate notifications irregular rhythm notifications Okay. So it sounds like it cripples it in quite a few different ways, especially the incoming notifications may be delayed aspect. Yeah. Okay. But I'll I'll give it a go and see how much battery extra I get. And it's quite nice. You can turn it on or you can turn it on for like an hour for one day or two days or three days automatically, so then it turns itself back off again. So you've got an Apple Watch Series four? I have an Apple Watch Series Four. And presumably you bought that at launch. You've had it I did for going on four years? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Still still goes pretty still works pretty well. Cool. You got you got your money's worth out of that thing. Yeah, the battery, honestly, still go still lasts my entire day. Yeah. It's slightly worse than at launch, but like you can do that, do do an hour long workout. You could, you only have to charge it once, like once a night. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been really happy actually with the longevity of it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's twenty was twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, like twenty. 17, 17, I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. Way to go. Yeah. Longevity. The only thing I really, like, want is always on. Mm. Which they which they added the year after I bought mine, so that's why I didn't want to upgrade one year later. Yeah, and then and they made it way kind better, of been holding like, out for something other significant. But. Yeah, in software, it got much better last year whenever they allowed you to do 
you know, it didn't just always go back to a digital time overlay. Yeah, that was the other thing. When the Apple Watch Series 5 first came out, the always on was a bit bad in certain places. Yeah, it was good in three spots and bad everywhere else. Uh, next in the keynote, though, they, they had uh, the Air Mess section. So they say that we're going to do the Nike faces on all the all the watches now. And that's, you know, they didn't highlight it, but it's because they're not doing the Nike watch specifically anymore. Wonderful. Like, great. Uh, but then, of course, Hermes is still still the Hermes um, watches only. So they, Which you'd think Hermes must be even more niche than the Nike battle watches were. Like, if yeah. they were going to stop making one of them, you'd have guessed the other one. But, yeah. you know, it's, 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 around. It seems appropriate, though, that they're still doing Hermes. You know, we, we, we'll highlight this. I, I, I'd rather they scrap Hermes and do ceramic, because that was the <laughs> coolest material they've ever done yeah i, I agree i agree uh hermes is still silver stainless steel or space black stainless steel graphite still the, the stainless steel is, is not hermes which is not preferred but okay um they've got a few new bands from hermes and they've got a few watch faces one is a horse face i mean we don't need a watch face app store anymore when no. you've got the hermes lucky horse watch face that yeah. that satisfies everybody's needs for watch faces like yeah. what why do you ever need to have anything else when you can have a little little it's, cartoon horse and, a, and an apple on it's on uh it's bojack horseman you know him yeah and bojack horseman yep <laughs> it's the hermes lucky horse face and they say that it's to celebrate their equestrian roots equestrian roots there we go. and so that's apple watch series eight basically very small minor stuff yeah you get, uh, same you get, price as last year 399 gps 499 cellular yeah you, you, it's, you can it's, order it now yeah Com- comes out uh a week from the friday after the event so i don't know yes, so september 16th for that uh not super compelled i mean it's fine but Nothing let's, crazy. Let's recap again. What's new? The temperature for for uh, body temperature, which currently seems to be limited for you know the cycle track and stuff. Yeah, only. and I looked at the website, and in, in in the temperature section, it only talks about that as well. So it seems like that's specifically the way that it that it's used for now. So that's uh, car crash detection. Yeah, hopefully I don't have to use that. Same battery um, life, low power mode, which is a feature on all the watches now. Yeah, international Inter- roaming, which is a feature on all yeah. the watches. Yeah, and that's it. Apart from the color changes. Okay, so so, all right, yeah. very very iterative. Uh-huh. But okay, they didn't change the price. Fine, whatever. You know, they got the Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I did have a moment when they were sharing it and all the marketing images as well, and I was like, is the bezel is the bezel thinner? Like, did they tweak it? Because they didn't mention any it, changes to the design. Well, they they did it, and it's not different. It's just that it it, it just does look better than the Series Six did. You know, it's still thin. You know. And I think I'm, they, they do a lot of the marketing images now where they have a color background. That's a big mm-hmm. watch OS 9 feature is, is the ability to do full color backgrounds on a lot of different watch faces uh, because they're, they're finally proud of the display, you know, and how it extends out. And so that, I think that's the trick there is like, oh, that looks so modern. It does look good. Like a Series 8 compared to a Series 6 or earlier looks very modern. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. And then also they have the Apple Watch SE update which does look more different because it's got a new nylon composite back case material. They've made the, the back cheaper. Yeah. Because <laughs> what was it before? It was still ceramic? Like the, or? Yeah, it was whatever the, whatever the Apple Watch, like the, the lowest end Apple Watch back was, it was the same. Yeah. What does nylon composite mean? Does that, does that mean? I couldn't tell you in the slightest. Does that mean plastic? When, like when they say polycarbonate? and I mean, uh, nylon's like thread, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. I, who knows what a nylon composite is, but it doesn't look on the pictures. It doesn't look that different from from metal, but I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to make. 
but whatever. Uh, it has the Aperture C has crash detection, so it has those enhanced uh, gyroscope sensors and stuff. It has the S8 chip, which is twenty percent faster than what the SE used to have. Yeah, this is the first time they mentioned the S8 chip, by the way, in the keynote. Yeah, because obviously it's only twenty percent faster when you're comparing to the last gen SE because the performance is the same as the S7, which was that's why they didn't mention it in the Aperture Series Eight section. It still doesn't have always-on display or ECG, though. So, so it comes in low-power mode, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It comes in low-power mode. Um, Silver Midnight Starlight, but it is cheaper than the old SE slightly. So the yeah. old SE was 279 This is 249 Yeah, and, and Midnight and Starlight are both new colors for this for the SE. Uh, 249 is is, um, what, $30 cheaper? Yeah. And it, cellular is... I don't remember what the old price was, but probably I don't remember. But I think it was similar. It was like three thirty, and now it's two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also available to order as I did the keynote and ships on the the Friday after the the next sixteenth. <laughs> and and Apple Watch Series three is dead, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they just basically abandoned that one ninety nine price point. I thought they might keep the old SE around at the one ninety nine point did or something. You? Or did you think some- that? Yeah, yeah, do some jewelry pokery there. You thought there they might just be a sacked, couple of. It. You thought there might be two SE models in the generate in the in the lineup. Well, I thought they wouldn't want to lose the one ninety nine price because they they see a lot of low end competition from Fitbit and stuff, which do loads of you know hundred dollar and cheaper options mm-hmm. in terms of fitness bands and stuff. But clearly, that's not a priority to them. So yeah, there's, no, there's no old model. Thought otherwise that they would do. Yeah, I know you were correct, Zach. You yeah. you in fact said that you didn't expect the SE to go to. 199 you said i think we said 230 in the end the lowest, it was 250 yeah. so it was even worse than our pessimism yeah uh, well and i will say like if you look at the apple watch lineup now the old sc it was and it was hard to recommend because it's like if you go 280 then you go 120 dollars more and you get a lot more for your money um now you, you go 150 dollars more you get a lot for your money but 150 feels like a bigger price cap i mean it's literally a bigger price cap but it feels like a more substantial price cap um, not having an option at $200 to undercut it a lot is great. Uh, so I suppose it's an easy recommendation, but it's still like the budget watch and, and you know, that's, that's fair enough. And if you're going for cellular, then it's, I mean, $300 versus what are you looking at versus instead of $300 or $500 so. so. Yeah, 499 is the cellular on yeah. Series 8. Apple uh-huh. watches are expensive and this is the cheapest one <laughs> that you can buy new. And it's 249 from Apple by Christmas. They'll probably have it for like 210 or something at third party retailers and stuff yeah yeah so, so but, it's not terrible but it'd be nice if they get a 199 watch again in the future yeah they'll rely on discounts they'll, they'll give you a, a gift card with it eventually <laughs> yeah, it's our gift card happy hour this week is also brought to you by ladder if you're anything like me you have a certain tendency to put things off that you really shouldn't put things off to the last minute dentists opticians appointments that kind of stuff and you know, it usually works out, it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. You know, I started wearing glasses this year and it kind of hit me like, oh damn, I am getting older and stuff like life insurance feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles, and no paperwork. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply. You fill out Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long 
proven histories of paying claims. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and Ladder even made Forbes' best life insurance list of 2021. So if you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. And if you aren't sure, but you just want to find out some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's ladderlife, L-A-D-D-E-R-L-I-F-E dot com slash happy hour. One more time, ladderlife.com slash happy hour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show. For this next segment, I want to highlight, this is an audio podcast, and we, we don't record a video on, but before we do a little video chat, and I noticed that you have a shirt that says, I went outside once. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's I have been a, outside more than once. Yeah, and there's a tag, what's the tagline on it? I believe? The graphics are rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> it's very British. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Apple Watch Ultra. This is the uh the name for the rumored apple watch Ultra is definitely not for people that have only been outside once <laughs> it's it's this is the apple watch pro this is the apple watch explorer this is the certainly the rugged edition um i, I will say like the framing of it is like the the apple watch 10 and the way that there was the iphone 10 um partly but i i, I don't think this is like the, i think it's less iphone 10 me yeah me like, too me too i agree with that and, and because it's more explorer like the introduction from jeff williams yeah he was talking about you know he was saying extreme about 15 different times like yep. the adjectives extreme <laughs> throughout extreme sahara desert arctic expeditions diving ultra marathon running that yeah. kind of stuff i was like oh they, they position it as it's going to be apple Watch explorer like yeah. that felt way closer to what it was going to be uh they said designed specifically for exploration adventure and endurance mm-hmm. but no it's the uh Apple Watch Ultra is yeah. the name. Ultra's clever. I don't know that the name was thrown out, you know, frequently, if ever. But, you know, uh, aside from the fact that they have Ultra as a modifier for an Apple Silicon chip, you've also got, you know, Ultra Marathoner as as the, you know, category of race. So it fits in there. Works out well. I think it's a decent name. It's a, it's a good descript for It's a good description for what it is because, you know, I think Apple Watch Pro, like if it really was like sort of the iPhone 10 of to an iphone 8 of, of the apple watches then then sure but yeah yeah because when the iphone 10 was announced like iphone pro was a very like rumored name for it because it yeah. felt like that kind of class and yeah this is slightly different to the iphone 10 class i mean it's the pricing as we'll get to is also better than what the iphone 10 equivalent would be yeah um there are, the, the, like, the market position is like it's here's a niche of extreme you know exploration and sports and endurance and sporting stuff not you just want the nicest watch possible yeah, and there are things about this that you would want to see on other Apple Watches in the future, mm-hmm. but you're you're not getting those through miniaturization. You're not getting those in, in the in the smaller size yet, and like th- this is visibly bigger in all dimensions, which is how you can achieve. <laughs> big, which is how you can achieve this. Uh, so yeah, they, they, you know, it's it's the most rugged and capable. Uh, it, it was correct from Mark Herman's reporting that they went with titanium, which is why they they don't have the edition anymore because for the last couple of years they've had titanium as as an option for the edition um first i think with ceramic as an option and then only with titanium as an you know option and in two colors they'd have titanium and then space black titanium the darker version is gone it's just one shade of titanium it's the natural titanium color um they highlight the display as a flat sapphire crystal which you can visibly tell when you look at a series eight like the series eight watch it still looks more like jewelry even if you don't have a stainless steel version just in the design like it's the sleekest thing whereas this is like 
you look at it and it's like, I mean, it looks nice, but it's definitely not going for like, like you, you can see, okay, this is where like just certain things where the, the button, the side button on the series eight for the last few years, they've had it just flat into the side of the watch where it's not poke. Like it used to poke out. Well, now it doesn't, you know, the last few versions is, is flush. And with this, they, they, it's a feature that the button sticks out again, you know, so. And they gave it a color. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Or is that the action button? I think the I think the the other buttons the same. Color. Yeah, they have the the other side button. So you've got the right and left side button now, and, and that the other one is international orange. But it's a proper noun, international orange. So, which but yeah, I, you're right. Like the screen is clearly putting you know the ruggedness first. Or, although I do have questions about the ruggedness because like the way it's designed is you've got like the bulbous bottom, which is almost the same as current Apple watches, but then the screen section is completely flat. So there's no curve on the top side, which also means there's no like. There's no rounded sections of screen. Which are breaking right? points. And when you see a watch crack, like it tends to crack around the like the, the curved edges. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously now that the like it, it literally the the frame, the, the titanium frame literally surrounds the watch. Like I'm pretty sure there's even a lip. Like it's slightly lower in the it's not like flush with the with the material. No. And so if you're if you're like climbing, for instance, and your watch hit hits the hits the rocks, it's more likely to hit the titanium rather than the glass screen so it's already more rugged just because of that but i'm not sure the screen itself is any more durable like i think it's they didn't mention like oh it's a really strong stronger you know sapphire composition or something so it seems like the durability is based on it being titanium and the fact that the screen is just less exposed but i think if you actually do like a head-on collision with the glass it will act the same as previous sapphire watches yeah, it, it, yeah. I think the impact will be better than than the rounded ones because that is sort of the weaker point is where where it curves and that's where they tend to break around the edges when you do have an impact. Uh, the because the sapphire is like scratch resistant, but it isn't so great against impact and like shattering, and that's where it shatters. We we do have an example of flat crystal glass that does not tend to crack right, which is the cameras on all the iPhones. This yeah, sort true. of reminds yeah. me of that, and like as often as phones drop and break, I don't, I don't recall like if, if that, I'm sure it happens, but I don't recall seeing a lot of images of like cracked cameras, even though they're gigantic now and protrude out so far. Uh, so, but like screen also screen wise, like this is two thousand, it goes up to two thousand nits of brightness, which is double what you get on the Apple Watch. That is an ultra, which is, I mean, twice as bright. It's very good. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bright screen. Yeah, it's. I remember the first watch, like when I reviewed the first watch. Um, you know, there's a couple of things about it. One was that if you had the aluminum version with the sapphire screen instead of the INX class, the light just didn't travel through as easily, and so it was noticeably dimmer if you had the the, the fancier watch. Um, and they improved that whenever they they bumped to think from 500 to a thousand nits all across the board. And it's like okay, well now that's not that's not really an issue. Um, and in this case, it's like. 2000 I, I can't wait to see that i mean you're in that's, that's for when you're in the sahara desert <laughs> yeah so in the uh, open sun yeah yeah which is a lot of climates actually <laughs> the the action button is cool like so a it stands out because it's in their high contrast international orange to use the color they called it mm-hmm. um and it like has a decent role so it's a you know that side of the watch before it was just blank with a speaker now there's a button there so fair enough and then you click the button and depending on what app you're in it does a certain activity or it does a certain action and so if you are in like the workout context you're running a workout the button will set a, a waypoint or it's set a, move you on to the next leg of your multi-step workout uh 
if you're in like the timer, you can start and stop the timer just by clicking the button on the side so you don't have to fiddle about with the screen. Um, which is great, especially if you've got like gloves on or something, because you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about tapping the screen. And they, they mix your gloves. Like, they're like all, all the buttons are meant for use with gloves on. Yeah, because like the the digital crown's physically bigger, mm-hmm. which helps you turn it with gloves on, and the side button on the right like sticks out. It's in like this like protruding section. Yeah, and the again, grooves are easier to press. The grooves on the crown are much more gear like too, where they're they're not like tightly fit almost with just like little nicks on the side they're like gears you know with big gaps in the middle so you can feel the fill in between them where on the crown right now it's like it's a circle and you feel the little edges where it's got the little indents in it and so it's different do you like how that bit apart looks like how it's like separated out the, uh, the crown and the button on the side i mean as a fan of this watch i think it's i think it's cool i don't think that the button like sticks out that far just because they want the button to be out that far i think it's also like they internally like when, when we see the teardowns i think that they're using that space for stuff but oh yeah i mean they said it was for like gloves and stuff but i reckon a big re- motivating reason is that they can just fit a massive battery under that entire glass screen yeah and so they yeah. can just shove the the crown and the other buttons out out of the case which means they can just have an unobstructed space for more battery yeah. that'd be my guess i can see the critique of how it looks but i can see the critique of the whole watch from from a just like a, a luxury design standpoint you know as it is going to depend like your own personal taste a bit whether you, whether you think it looks cool or not yeah i mean it gives you a sport like a, a sporty like utility looking I me mean, <laughs> it fits the bill for what it is because I, 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 I'm not the biggest fan of how it looks. Well, it's and, fine. And this is also where I say, like, it's not the iPhone X of watches because that was sort of you want the design to go where this thing is eventually. Yeah. And, like, this is not a an achievement that the watch now has this on the side for this Ultra version. Uh, I think it's perfectly appropriate and looks like it, it looks cool, fits the bill for what the watch is. But it's not like, oh, we hope that one day all watches can protrude on the side like that. You know, it's not the case. Yeah, that's fair. I do hope that one day all watches have a have an action button. Yeah, there's hope, no reason why they can't. I hope all iPhones have iPhones have an action button yeah. for camera. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and obviously, like this watch is forty nine millimeters, so there's no way it will ever fit on my wrist anyway. Well, and it's um, just so a change not- in the height, right? Which is how they measure the case. The width is, I mean, aside from the protruding part of it, like it's nearly the same as the. It's nearly the same in that dimension, but I mean the 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 current biggest watch doesn't really fit on my wrist either. That's why I have the smaller size. So. Yeah. I've, it's out of the market for me, but I would love a Series Eight with an action button on the left. That'd have made it like they could have added a button to Series Eight. It'd have made it a lot more appealing as a as a product. <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if, if you, I don't know, if you look at the hands-on pictures, where some press had, you know, they could try this on. You can sort of see how the different different wrists, how it looks. Um, I'm happy that I'm in the camp where the bigger watches have always fit on my wrist the right way and the way that you wanted to and that this would this would as well even with the the height increase from 45 to 49 millimeters so i'm, I'm good there um the, the the speaker situation so they highlight that that like the microphones and the speakers are, are better so that there's two speakers not just one there's well, i think they said three microphones and it intelligently mm-hmm. uh uses the 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 appropriate one for the best like input you know based on noise around you uh to, to improve the call quality and and the even in windy situations you can have a phone call where you're heard and can hear what the person's saying and i think this is wonderful like this does fit the bill of, 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 of the sort of the description of like 
if, if you like the watch, but you just want more of the watch, like you want the most of the watch. Well, if you thought that the display wasn't bright enough over the you know past several versions that you just wish it was just more bright and you wish that it was more loud. Well, this is that for you. Like this is and it and that fits the progression of Apple hardware where your speaker quality on MacBooks improves greatly on iPads and the higher end of the iPad is, the better the speaker experience is. And microphones you know they, they do more with microphones and screen brightness you know you pay more you get a brighter screen for outdoor use so in this in this sense it does fit that it's just that they've they framed it around you know extreme sports as, as why and, and it, it has a siren <laughs> it does have a siren yeah it, 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 so the action button like one click can do different things based on context and how you assign it i believe if you hold it it's the siren which is loud like you can be heard. they said 86 decibels so i don't yeah. know how loud that is but yeah they, they say you loud. can be heard from 180 meters away so sounds like you might not want to like put it up to your ear and do it uh if it, you're falling down a crevice on a on a rock face someone yeah. might be able to hear it yeah so that's pretty cool I'll have to try that out there's um i mean you, you you do get that like uh wonk wonk sound whenever you hold on the sos button which is still a thing you know you hold on the, the right side button and you can get into sos mode where it calls emergency services for you but that's just like to indicate that's what you're doing the siren is is like this is to blare loudly and so that will be fun to test out and <laughs> and and see uh, I mean, visually too, the speaker looks kind of cool on the side because it's mm. it's like um, I mean, again, if they were going for for uh, just like niceness and, and minimalism, it would not. But it's a bunch of speaker. Yeah, grills. they don't prioritize sleekness with this watch. It's fair to say. Yeah, you, you've got on one side, you've got cutouts. You've got three cutouts. So you've got speaker, microphone, and then one of the cutouts is for the barometer. And then on the other side, you've got three cutouts. Uh, I guess microphone something microphone because they're microphones and then the speaker is six seven eight nine so, so six seven eight nine ten ten holes for the speaker for the for the other speaker on the other side so um, mini, mini mac pro mini mac pro yeah uh oh and the back <laughs> the back of the case has like visible screws it's like yeah this watch you can unscrew it yourself <laughs> yes can you <laughs> well i don't know if you actually can but they have four massively visible screws on yeah. the back it, it gives you that rugged look it. so it's not the glue it's it's holding it down yeah the, the watch face is cool as well i think the watch face is cool like they, they basically to... embraced here's a here's an analog face how much stuff can we shove into it as possible so you've got like a compass in the center and in, in like the the bezel dial part and you've got you know ring complications in the middle you've got four complications on the outside it comes in some pretty colors and if you scroll the crown it goes into like this black and red mode for reading it in the dark yeah like, like if you're looking at um you know your iphone at night and you're trying to find the stars in the sky go you, you can go into their mode you know with the apps that do that that are red and black so that the doesn't you know you want your eyes to be as wide as possible the dilation so that you can see the the light coming from the sky you don't want the light from your phone interfering with that well it's the same concept here where it you know, doesn't doesn't burn your eyes at night and also i imagine it's pretty good on battery too in that mode um the the watch face i think they call it wayfinder i don't know if there's more than one of those or just different versions of the wayfinder watch face but you can have um it's the second time they've put cellular dots on the watch face <laughs> if you recall the series three explorer watch face has that as well they do the same exact four dot uh, section here. 
Yes. They added a complication, yeah. you know, last year or so where you can have cellular on off as, as a toggle for the radio, but not a, a signal indicator. Well, this is a signal indicator again. Um, and then around that, you've got uh, like three circle complications, you know, two in the middle, one below um, that, that you can have. And then there's the compass aspect of it. Uh, and they've gone way further with compass this, this year than they did with the Apple Watch that introduced the compass, which I think was series five or six. And, um, you know, it was the compass <laughs> did compass things for you. In this case, the compass is like they've looked at how you would actually use a compass if you're using not just for a tech demo, but but for, uh, you know, practical uses. And they've got like like, you know, you take take a look at the Wayfinder watch face name Well, they've got like waypoints that you can set. And the whole idea is that you can effectively use this compass to navigate um, more than just finding out which direction you're going in. Uh, but, and if you get lost, you can like backtrack and yep. go in the opposite direction and it will like automatically keep a recent path of where you've been and stuff which is yeah. nice so that all sounds very good uh, and I, th- I, f- I believe the compass yeah. app is not ultra exclusive it's on a, any of the watches that have a compass so i've got a watch i've got a series 7 right now and i haven't updated it to the to the version of, with the watch OS 9 gm so i'll have to check that out and see uh that'd be cool <laughs> it would be nice it would make sense it's, it's just the app you know nothing that's interesting um they, they do for gps though they do have um you know they introduced gps with the series 2 and later so there's always been the gps in the watch since the second version uh in this case they've got a second gps for the first time they call it dual frequency i believe l1 is what they've used all along and now they have l5 as well um and the idea there is that before you'd need a clear view of the sky with no obstructions you know trees buildings etc and in this case this seems to be this this flavor of gps seems to be better in those dense environments like cities and yeah it's more resilient and and doesn't lose your location more accurate and i gave the example of the chicago marathon uh-huh. where it's like in the city and there's loads of skyscrapers and apparently before the app watch was not very good at it but now it should be a lot better and i believe the dual frequency gps is like one of the big features t- touted by those like you know 700 800 900 garmin watches and stuff yeah. so they're definitely in that zone for this and-, and where the screen protrudes out like it's like a camera bump but it's the display mm-hmm. it's got those those lines like white lines around it like antenna lines and i believe that's where the gps part ties into but it's that like makes sense. That, yeah. that design language is like right from you know both iPhone and iPad. Like those lines around, and <laughs> I mean they embrace it. Look, looks good to me. It looks cool. So, and they have um, water resistance is greatly improved compared to the normal Apple Watches. Mm-hmm. So, the normal Apple Watches are rated for water resistance of fifty feet. This is one hundred feet, and they've got EN one three three one nine rating which Finally. as we all know is the internationally recognized standard for dive computers because uh-huh. they had a big section on scuba diving with this watch you can dive down to 40 meters there's a new depth app by apple that automatically appears when the watch detects it's been submerged and it shows you know how far down you are and how long your feet you, and it's how, got some nice animations i think it's how long you've been in the water as well which is a factor for the rating because the rating is like 50 100 feet for X half an hour i think yeah, yeah it is on forever and so this gives you an idea of like when you're using it to its you know extent and i think and when they the, showed off a, you see, i think where the barometer is and that sensor there's also the sensor for this as well so it's part of that you know the, the submergence section and I've, I've already seen code references that although it defaults to the depth app you can pick whatever app you want to appear when the watch is submerged yeah and in, in the keynote they showed uh hewish outdoors as a, a partner that they're developing an app with and at first from the presentation i was thinking like oh they're making this this depth app with this company but no it's that they're 
they're doing their own app based on their expertise. And from what you're saying that that could be the default if you choose that. So the depth app is like the built-in thing. That's the more basic version. And then the huge outdoors one seems to be like, this is the, if you're serious Scuba about this. diving one specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Because it like does things where it like times how long you're underwater. And as you start rising back to the surface, it, it tells you when you need to stop because like to relieve the pressure in your blood or whatever, and you don't get bubbles as you as you ascend back to the surface of the water after diving you have to pause for a few minutes every like few meters and stuff so you don't like you can't go to the surface in one go so the the watch will like guide you up there and be like okay or if you're going too quickly or like you know shower you and stuff to, to chill out a bit so that's very cool um yep obviously i'm not a scuba diver myself but it was impressive let's put it that way yeah price price at 800 and in this case so they mentioned the keynote that all apple watch ultras have cellular just like the stainless steel versions and the additions to before that it's like they, they only do an optional cellular in the in the aluminum versions because they want to get the price lower so all apple watches have cellular for apple watch ultra um there's also like this the price you know 800 dollars it's less than the a thousand that we thought it would be, or, or and it's effectively, I think, like the same as what you'd pay for uh, titanium before. Yeah, maybe you get a bigger case. So technically, I guess maybe you because there were two sizes before. Now there's only one size, and it's even bigger. So it's like a better value than before, and you just get like more in terms of hardware. I mean, battery life of thirty six hours and maybe up to sixty, right? With with low power mode or something. So yeah, this is interesting. So mm. apparently, the low power mode. That is on the like watchOS nine is different to the low power mode that they were talking about to get the sixty hours on the Apple Watch Ultra because they makes... use different language. Yeah. So specifically, they said using new battery optimization setting coming later this fall, you'll be able to get up to sixty hours. So I think there's like a a super low power mode option that maybe <laughs> only does the workout tracking and yeah. GPS and doesn't do anything else, and that's how you get to sixty hours or something. Okay, not bad. Uh, but with the 36 hours, they basically said you could easily complete a marathon with plenty of battery life to spare. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what they were targeting. Yeah, I like this. The so a few things. You, you, you pulled up the packaging from the Apple's website, and it's just very cool. Can you describe that? It's like a mountain top, snow top mountain, kind of black and white, rather than like a plain white or black box, as the Apple Watches have always been. It just looks really cool. Yeah, it looks nice. I like I like all the marketing on this too. Um, would you say that this looks like an Apple Watch to you? I mean, they've 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 gone further from the the design of like the jewelry Apple Watch, but oh yeah, it definitely still looks like an Apple Watch. Yeah, I agree with it that. It looks like an Apple Watch with like a a lump on the side. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like an Apple Watch in like a special casing. You know? It's, yes. Yeah. yeah, it does. Like, kind of look like you've already put like a plastic yeah protective case around it or something. Like inside there, there's the standard Apple Watch, but. Is that, you know, aside from the fact that it's just a bigger screen. Um, and then what also, what do you think of the bands? The bands, the three options. So I, I love the one that they call Alpine, the Loop. Alpine Loop. They say that's for explorers. So uh, and it's hard to, I don't know how to describe these things, but like they've got three colors of that. One is just the international orange. I like the Starlight one. That's sort of the same neutral color as the actual watch itself. I think it's very nice. Um, I like I like the orange accents on the action button and the crown goes from like a red circle to an orange circle as well there. Um, and then the whole like look at the watch. I'm not sure if the titanium, it looks more brown or like tan than the other titanium did, the natural titanium. Mm. I haven't compared those two, but I think that's the case. Uh, it's got like a twinge of orange in it. <laughs> yeah, I like the look of the actual casing here too, where, you know, it's it's because of the specialization of this watch that, 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 that this case material is appealing to me because I was not... Like I'd prefer stainless steel to titanium before. Like it did, it looks more like aluminum to me. It didn't look as as different from aluminum. Where this is like, 
you know, I, I don't look at it and say, oh, so that's titanium, but I do look at it and think, yeah, it looks, it looks nice. Uh, also, you know, I think there were, were this talk at some point of Apple doing titanium iPhones, but they just haven't gotten there yet where it's cost effective. And I can see where they say like this, you know, in the same way that, you know, this is that ultra has titanium that you could have titanium. Is that really crazy years ago that you'd have a titanium iPhone? Like, Oh, that would be so expensive and extreme. But now I can see where they're like, it, it's nicer material, premium material, but it's also lighter than stainless steel. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, I mean, I, I think this is I, uh, this is the watch that appeals to me right now. Uh, I knew I knew it would when I was watching this game. Yeah. I was like, Zach's gonna love this thing. Yeah, and I, I was, it's there's a lot of people talking about like, is this an aspirational watch in terms of like, uh, like it's not an aspirational watch in terms of you want the Apple Watch eventually to to do all these things on it, like every Apple Watch to do this, um, because like we talked about before. I mean, this is they didn't just do a higher like an even higher end watch and then reframe how it's marketed. You know, it's not not just pro. Um, it's it's actually you know like the original Mark Herman reporting where it's the ruggedized version for extreme sport checking. Uh, but there's also talk about like uh, is this only is how niche is this and is it appropriate for people who don't run ultra marathons and hike and dive to, to buy this and is there an aspirational element of that as well? Um, and you know I think the right now the conversation is gearing toward like sure, but it's really for extreme users. But I would also say, like, in this way that I've talked about it in the past several weeks, like every Apple Watch is a fitness tracker and like a workout computer. That this is that as well. But it's just like every Apple Watch will eventually benefit from having a 2000 nit display and outside light. Like they haven't crossed the threshold yet where it's like it's just wild how bright it is. You know, I think every Apple Watch can benefit from that. Every Apple Watch can benefit from having. 36 hour baseline battery yep. <laughs> versus 18. I mean, that's two X without using low power mode. And then if you use that, you get even more. So, so in that, in those factors, like if you're like, I won't, I mean, I'm not an extreme workout person, but in the situations where like I've, I've you know, uh, prior to, to COVID-19 and, and lockdown, um, I ran six half marathons, uh, three in one year. And then two the year prior one before that, and in each of the situations, I would I would document them on nine to five Mac and write about the experience. And it was always a challenge of like, of course, like you know, the duration depends on like how fast you finish the race in. And so for me, it would be between two hours and two and a half hours, um, each one a little bit faster. So for two for two and a half hours to two hours, uh, but you know, people can run a marathon in that time too. You know, so like two to three hours, two to four hours is sort of marathon time for a lot of people. Um, breaking two hours is like human achievement, but. Anyway, like the, the, the thing with you're using the that the older Apple Watch though, there was always that concern when you're running the heart rate continuously in the workout. That, yep. Is the battery life going to hold out? Like, yep. you, or even if you held out, is it going to be able to last for the rest of the day? Or like, oh, it, you know, it, it do I have to worry about charging it since I finished the event? Like, yeah. all that stuff, all those concerns will be gone and, and alleviated with the yeah. thirty-six hour. So, you know, so, quality so, battery so there is the some like marketing to this where they're like, this is for extreme stuff. Where the other watch is like for for more casual stuff, you know, including workout tracking. Well, I think it's fair to say that ideally you'd want the other watch to also have thirty-six hour battery life eventually, like through you know, efficiency with the processor and battery technology. The march of progress, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so there's, even though this is marketed toward extreme, I don't think it's entirely fair. I mean, I think it's better for extreme, certainly, but it's also just much better for anyone doing any type of longer exercise, you know, or, or training, things like that. So in, in that case, like, I have no issue with thinking like, oh, this watch, I don't feel like I'm going to be, you know, uh, 
inappropriately like it's the wrong purchase or it's even that is super niche i think is not super niche i think if you're anyone who participates in things like marathons that that and, and training for those kind of things that, that this is it, it's squarely going for the niche quote unquote that those garmin watches going for you know those epic twos and those kind of ones that are in that exact same price bracket of seven eight hundred dollars um and that's why they showed that chicago marathon like that is a perfect example of like you know less aspirational than the sahara desert but plenty yeah. of people run marathons and stuff and obviously this would be the preferred option you can do a marathon on the, on the lower end watches but it wouldn't be as nice an experience you wouldn't get all the features so this is definitely like the you know apple watch marathon or like primary option it, uh, so i mean they showed marathon as like the first apple watch like wasn't it i think the name is chris Tillington brands where she was doing the london marathon i believe it's like the watch was a part of her training, you know, as part of the marketing and, and use. So, uh, yeah, this is just much more appropriate for those things in terms of actually getting the the right, you know, better life and experience out of it without worrying about is this going to even like the worst thing is that your watch dies before you even finish and that you don't actually track all your, your progress that you wanted to track and your stats aren't right. Uh, and the GPS would lose you if you were special, you know. Yeah. And I, I remember like I've noted in Apple Watch reviews over the years, I think Series 3, especially whenever they they added cellular and I was off the grid for maybe even with series two. And I was just testing GPS in general, but um, like inaccuracies as to where I actually was, it would, it would run off from the road where I was on, or if I was in the ocean swimming, it would have just a lot of those dotted lines where it trying to make up based on here to there and then guess in between. So that's one of the, one of the things I want to just try out and write about is do you see less of that? You know, or is that all, all totally gone, you know, without being like in some weird elements, you know? So, and then finally, uh, the thing is, uh, I, I don't think it's appropriate to call this a series eight, like in the way that we don't call the Apple watch SE a series eight SE, even though it's got the same chip. I don't think anywhere, I mean, I think it's appropriate, but I don't think anywhere Apple calls the, like the, the, the ultra version of the series eight in the way that an Apple watch edition has always been it's an Apple Watch Series 8. It's the edition version, or it's the Hermes version, or the Nike version, or the same still version. I think that they, I don't think anywhere they call this the Apple Watch Ultra, the Series 8 Apple Watch Ultra. Um, and maybe that changes in the future when they update it. And I don't think it suggests that they won't update it annually. I think that this thing gets updated in the same same cycle as the other Apple Watches. Because, like, like doesn't this have all this? Like, I don't know. It has the temperature stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the Apple Watch Series <laughs> like, 8 features. There's nothing right, missing yeah. from it. I just don't think they ever called an Apple Watch Series 8. Yeah, it has car crash detection and all that stuff, yeah. 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 I reckon, just like the SE, this will continue to be up- updated on a regular basis. Maybe not every year, but you know, reasonably reasonably regular, and they just won't do the numbers on it. It will just always be the new Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, did, I just said you know, I think they'll do it annually with the Apple Watch Series, unlike the SE, but maybe it's the case that when you have a processor change that doesn't include speed, that the changes that you'll see on the actual, like the series eight to nine, 10, et cetera, are like improved brightness that doesn't match with this yet. And so it gets closer, like in the ways that I said, you know, you do want better battery life, better display, you know, brightness, et cetera, on those models that maybe the, they wouldn't, if they didn't update this one year, it would be because, there's the other ones are just catching up to what it already has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in miniaturization form, yeah. Yeah, like maybe the Apple Watch Ultra doesn't get crazy design changes for a few years, but they just bump the processor to, make, to match whatever is in the latest 
you know, mainline watch or something. Yeah. Um, just to circle back to your question about bands before I mentioned Alpine Leap is the one I like a lot. That's what they say the four explorers. Um, they've got the orange version of that. They've got starlight. They've got, I think a green version of that. Um, I like, I like the starlight version of the Alpine loop. Um, uh, I think that's one I've got on order. The ocean band that they show, these are all just very different from the bands that they've had before, especially the ocean band. The way it looks is like, you know, you have to look at them and see, but that's the one that they have for, for swimming and, and high speed water workouts. I've had a friend who was, uh, just like, you know, we were both out in his boat and doing like skiing behind it. And he lost his Apple Watch Series 5 to the water, you know, so this is a better, better for that. They're all more secure. And then the tri the, the trail loop for endurance athletes, that one seems to be selling out the fastest. Like the ship dates for that are like, for the band on its own is like in November already. So it's which and I think that one's also closer to the, the watches that they've had, the bands, the bands they've had before. So and just like visually, too. So. And we should mention the 45 millimeter bands work with the Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah, they say that the 44 and 45 millimeter bands work with the Apple Watch Ultra and that the Apple Watch Ultra bands work with 42, 44, 45. I don't know if they omit 42 from bands that work with Ultra, but they've they've always been compatible. So I think that's just across the board. That's the case, which is a surprise because we talked about this is a, this is a, a new size class, not just the, the new version of the large watch. So. Um, because they've reached, I guess, max width. <laughs> that, that, yeah, because it's mostly just a height change. Yeah. They can they can do this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's ordered today. Well, ordered yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Available September twenty third, which is a week later than the other watches, the SC and the Series Eight. Yeah, but I presume you've got one on order. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Happy Hour this week is also sponsored by New Relic. Developers are curious. They want to explore the newest technology, dive into documentation, and implement the newest, fanciest things. I make apps, I definitely fall into that camp of just wanting to play around with the brand new frameworks. And sometimes that is the right thing to do, and other times it isn't. What New Relic does is provide you hard data to back up the curiosity. New Relic helps engineers understand exactly why things are happening or why something is going wrong. You can accurately debug issues on the fly and plan future changes to your stack with confidence. New Relic gives you data about what you're building and shows what's really happening in your software lifecycle. It's a single place to see data from your entire stack, front end and back end, so you don't have to look into 16 different separate tools and try to manually connect them together. New Relic pinpoints issues down to the exact line of code so you know why problems are happening and can resolve them quickly. And that's why the dev and ops teams at DoorDash, GitHub, Epic Games and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. When teams come together around data, it allows you to triage problems, be confident in decisions, and reduce the time needed to resolve issues, relying on hard data, not opinions. So use the data platform made for the curious. Right now, you can get access to the whole new Reddit platform and 100 gigabytes of data per month, free, forever, no credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash happy hour. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash happy hour newrelic.com slash happy hour thanks to new relic for sponsoring the show why are you yelling are you yelling <laughs> air pro the audio in this section is ironic yeah this was wonky yeah yeah it's ironic because it's the audio product but the audio is just weird i don't know if it was just the presenter's presentation but it, it, there, there was some speculation on twitter that they re-recorded the audio okay so 
the audio was like an ADR job and they dubbed it in afterwards. Okay. Maybe they had a bad recording on the day. Maybe they re- always do ADR and everything and they've just done a better job at hiding it. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, it definitely showed up in this section. It just grated a little. It was a bit off. Yeah. yeah I, I like- even thought the the Jeff Williams section when he was talking about the Apple Watch Ultra, that also felt like the audio was slightly off there too, but not as much as the AirPods section. Yeah. Yeah. This was like speaking in all caps, but here's AirPods 2. Uh, I was covering this for 95 Mac. The first change they announced was the H2 chip that's up from H1. This is the first time they've had an H2 chip. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Because we've had W1, W2, H1, now H2. Is that right? I think that's right. Unless yeah. they did H2 in the AirPods Max, but they said new H2 chip. So. Yeah, I don't think H2. I think the AirPods Max is just behind in that regard now. So this is high bandwidth connectivity. It took a while for them to say what's new. Like, it was, like this is one of those things where the presentation, like you've got to just know what's already out there in software and it's not a hardware feature because they did say personalized spatial audio, which that is specifically an iOS 16 feature, right? On yep. products with spatial audio, like... Yep, that's not. You a, can do it on your existing AirPods Pro. That's where you use your phone to scan your ear, right? And mm-hmm. changes and it stuff. works out a better spatial audio signature just for you based on your fit. Because I was struggling writing this to be like, I don't think that's new, but do I admit it? Like, you know, it's weird. Yeah, uh, personal spatial audio is definitely not new. They said what they said specifically was new in the first section was the H2 chip offers high bandwidth connectivity, which was an interesting phrase used because they didn't talk about like high bitrate audio or lossless or any of that stuff uh, but they did say it offers high bandwidth connectivity and if you look on the tech specs the airpods pro support bluetooth 5.3 just as a, a thing um it does have a new low distortion audio driver so like the actual like main speaker part inside the earbud is improved and an upgraded amplifier but the personalized spatial audio stuff is just available to anybody with ios 16 yeah yeah okay and then they then they recap the noise cancellation stuff mm-hmm. and they obviously talked about the noise cancellation you can already get uh with airpods pro anc but with the h2 chip they're now doing even better noise cancellation noise cancellation they said it's up to two times better and that's partly through software and also partly because of better fit they said they've also moved the the vents and the sensors slightly on the buds so yeah. they said they're in a more optimal position so whatever that means a combination of that and H2 chip means you get up to two times better noise cancellation. And there's thing in the box now, you get an extra small ear tip. So before they yeah. had like small, medium, large. Now you have an extra small option for yeah, people with small ears. For you. Uh, with, for me. Does 2X noise cancellation, like, does that mean it's two times better at fine, like detecting what is noise and should not come through? Or is it 2X the decibel level? Like, I don't quite get that. Well, it's a bit <laughs> ambiguous. Okay. It's a okay. bit of a chart that you don't see the axes. The best noise cancellation is from AirPods Max. Still, like that'll be can be the case. Um, adaptive transparency, what's, what's which that? is transparency mode, but with a bit of noise cancellation mixed in, I believe. Okay, so transparency so is like, when it pipes through the audio around you, so that you don't miss out on what's around you because they're in yeah. Your but they're ears. basically applying like a low pass filter, so like the high decibel noise is still minified in your ears. So it's not a direct one-to-one transparency outside world. I presume that you can have that as an option, but they gave the example of like building work going on while you're walking down the street. It will like isolate the building work, make the building work quiet. So you can still read, you can still hear the rest of the world, but the building work's like more subdued. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So- Which is a, <laughs> yeah, maybe a hazard risk if there's like, I don't know, a car crashing into you or something, <laughs> but uh, 
that's, that, a, that's what they described adaptive transparency as. So, so, so far, I feel like the AirPods Pro 2, it, it's just very iterative change to AirPods Pro 1. Very much like Series 8, I'd say. Yeah. And yeah. then we get to the the touch control. So so there were the rumors that they'd go like no stem and they didn't do that, which we expected for a while they would not do that. But they did add a new feature to the stem, which I don't think was rumored, which is, you know, the the first AirPods, you tap them, double tap them to change what you're doing, play pause, et cetera. Uh, then with the pros, you'd squeeze the stem and now they've got you squeeze the stem, but now they've got a new thing which is touch control on the on the sensor, and it's uh swipe up or down to change the volume. It's clever, it's nice. Go, yeah, go. little light swipes change yeah. the volume. This is the most different feature for me. Like if I were using this, I'd be like, this is these are the versions of AirPods Pro where you can change the volume from from, the, from them. You get some more battery life. Yeah, they say it's six hours, and I is that up from four? Because five was like I think this, it's up from five. I think five standard for AirPods, and then four was for Pro. But with with, that, with noise cancellation, et cetera. But maybe they're maybe they're not using that number. Maybe they're comparing it to the five, which is like with, without transparency or noise cancellation, which no one uses that mode. But anyway, they have thirty. I think in my head it's five to six, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's four to six, but maybe maybe that's too generous for Apple. Um, they they say total listening time now is thirty hours, and you've got the charging case. Because the charging case, that's maybe the most different thing, which is not super exciting. But they've got um, precision finding with U one, so before you can find the AirPods themselves with the case, you're just kind of out of luck. Now you can find the case as well with uh, find my support. The um, speaker it's got a speaker inside of it now that can ping, so that's that's good. Lets you know when the battery is low kind of cool it's you know when there's like charging i believe so just just you know more features to the case there they they have a lanyard loop which was sort of has been remembered for a little while like what is that thing and it's just for it what it looks like it's you, you, <laughs> you, you and put, i don't think the the lanyards come with the airpods you have to buy them yeah oh of course i never yeah. include them in the box I'm not, i don't even think apple's making them they're doing like kind of a classic belkin collaboration yeah well so, Lanyards and lanyards, you know, just a little loop through, so that's nice. Um, the Apple Watch charger, they say it works with the, the the AirPods case can now be charged from the Apple Watch charger. Is that right? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a cool feature. I missed that from the presentation. That's cool. That's news to me. Yeah, they should do that. Like yeah. they should do that at launch. Like, yeah, because the Apple Watch charger just kind of, if as long as the Apple Watch isn't MagSafe, which obviously is not, they're clearly not going to do, or standard yeah. Qi, you always have to carry that little Apple Watch puck around. So if they can make your AirPods charge on the Apple Watch pack, that's really helpful because then you only need two chargers and not like four at once. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. It's good. Overall, I mean, I think it's effectively like the AirPods 1 to AirPods 2. That was a very small change. Yeah, or AirPods 2 to AirPods 3 even. <laughs> like, they, they, I mean, I guess the AirPods 3 did that, get a different design. Yeah, it was a different design. That felt different. Yeah. So. So it, wasn't, was, it wasn't crazy, crazy, but it did get yeah. a different design. 249, you can order them this Friday. They ship on the 23rd. Two little random tidbits. So I've looked up the battery thing. Yep. Just for clarity. You were correct. It was four hours before. Okay. But the website does not say six hours. (laughs) You get 1.5 additional. So in the keynote, they've rounded up. Okay. Maybe that's how you get 33% more because 33% of four is 1.5. Okay. So now you get 5.5 hours with active noise cancellation. And then with it off, I bet you get six. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe even more. I mean, the, And then if you have the yeah. case, you can get, like, with the additional charge, you get up to 30 hours of total listening time. Yeah, before that was 24, I believe, is what they listed. So that's 
And then the second uh, thing, yeah. you can now get an AirPods Pro charging case. So, so you can get the sorry AirPods Three, yeah, yeah, charging case without wireless charging. Yeah, I was gonna mention this for ten dollars less. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst savings. But when they used to have, I mean, they used to do this as an option because the first AirPods didn't have wireless charging, then they added that as an option later on. And it was like thirty dollars difference. Now it's only ten. So, $10 cheaper to not get wireless charging. That just seems like, like I, I don't know what what made that happen because buying-wise, like how confusing is it where you've got to pick, like it's just better to have wireless and everything. I mean, you don't pick your iPhone wireless or not wireless, right? I mean, you don't pick your Apple Watch. To, there's no option to not have wireless. But, you know, that, it's just one more thing to have to worry about when you're picking out the AirPods. It does not feel worth the ten dollar. Like that complexity does not feel worth a potential ten dollar saving. Mm-mm. And like they should have just stomached the ten dollars and made them all ten dollars cheaper. Inventory wise, like if you're worried about like if you're trying to get some in stock, you know, because if they're a hot item, then you're like, well, they've only got the non wireless for ten dollars. If they had the other ones, I would totally pay ten dollars, but they don't have them. So uh, that that I don't like that. I was I was about to mention it too because I I recall that from yesterday. But yeah, like that is. It's one sixty nine for AirPods third generation with lightning charging case. One seventy nine AirPods third generation MagSafe charging case. Like, I mean, is one sixty nine the first price of AirPods? Pro, Air, AirPods one like it's like they were there before. I don't know. It was around. Yeah, it might be one sixty nine. So maybe they just they're doing that because it gets them closer to that like phenomenon. There, there have been like Quote said that the AirPods three have not sold as well as they wanted to. Yeah. Well, it was, but I don't it was, think adding a lightning charging case for only ten dollars less is going to ignite sales of them. They've they've nailed it. They've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to get them engraved, obviously engraving still free, but now you can get emoji engraving too. Yeah, not just emoji, but memoji. And I don't know if we've talked about it anywhere yet, but I believe in um, in our Slack we we've, we've discovered that when you have that custom engraving, including emoji. And you pair for the first time. I think it that shows up on the phone. Oh, that's cute. That's nice. Yeah, that's a nice time. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a secret. I don't know. There you are. So you are you get an AirPods Pro too as an AirPods Pro user? Mm-mm, no, I mean maybe we have to lose these. But like th- this is certainly not a like I, I thought going into the event that this would be the only thing I buy. Uh, I, I don't think because because I I, th- I felt like the the Apple Watch Pro as it was rumored was not going to be so so different. Like uh, it, it, the battery life thing is especially different, you know, screen work. It's those, those two things for me. Um, but yeah, the AirPods Pro there. I feel like most of the t- changes are in the case. And yeah, the case is cool. I wish they'd make the case changes on base line AirPods, like give the case a speaker, give the case an U1 chip and stuff. Yeah. Well, then they have to raise the price by $10 too. So yeah. they... <laughs> The effectively the, the big change there is that you can change the volume with swiping you know, and that's not a mm-hmm. big enough reason to go out and buy another pair because I, I think noise cancellation was generally considered pretty good for these so yeah it'll have to be a lot better for people to notice if you see what I mean because it wasn't like people were begging them to make it better yeah, yeah. so again another iterative update there you go AirPods Pro second generation Finally, this week, we are sponsored by Pillow. More and more studies are showing that getting a good night's sleep improves your health and well-being in more ways than you can imagine. And Pillow is an all-in-one sleep tracking app to help you be more aware of your sleep patterns and discover what might be affecting your sleep quality. Pillow tracks and analyzes your sleep automatically, and you can check in with a full report of your sleep 
the very next morning. If you have an Apple Watch, tracking your sleep is as easy as wearing it to bed. And if you don't, you can do it through the iPhone or iPad app. Just tap a button to start your sleep session. You can even record sounds of the night like sleep talking, apnea, or other noises that might be affecting how you sleep. Use the Pillow app to check trends, get personalized insights, and compare your sleep metrics with your weight, steps, caffeine consumption, and more statistics. Use smart alarms to get woken up at the most optimal time, aiming to wake you up when you're in a stage of lightest sleep. Importantly, Pillow is privacy-minded. All of your sleep and audio data is encrypted and stored on your device and in iCloud using end-to-end encryption. Pillow is free to download from the App Store with a set of features that you can use for free every single day. And you can try Pillow's premium features with a seven-day trial. Just visit pillow.app to get started. That's pillow.app to get started. Thanks to Pillow for sponsoring the show. All right, right, run down on iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Plus. We get the the name for the larger phone. Chance had put it out there, I think, first. I still think he had like some... some he got a scoop. Yeah, I think he got a scoop. He just didn't feel confident in it. Yeah, the iPhone 14, apart from the screen size difference for the Plus, is again a very much Series 8 kind of affair. Yeah, yeah. They did a lot of repeating of iPhone 13 features. Uh, they, <laughs> they had a funny um, presentation of how the chip hasn't changed they said the a15 chip the 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 pro performance from iphone 13 pro the proven pro performance from iphone 13 pro is now available in iphone 14 uh it's funny how they said proven i was like that's one way to say we haven't changed it um but that's the a15 chip with the five core gpu so that was the that was the specifically the model that was available in the higher end iphone 13 pro and 13 pro max because the low end iphone 13 had a four core gpu and it had less ram but now it's identical to the A15 in the higher-end models from last year. So you're still getting a bump up on those baseline models, but obviously you're not getting the A16 chip. Uh, Colours are Midnight, Starlight, Blue, Purple, and Product Red. They said it's the best battery life ever in an iPhone. Unclear if the battery life is, like, better, or it's just because now the, like, max-size phone is available in this range that that's how it's got the best battery life. Do you see what I mean? probably that. Yeah, unclear. They didn't make a big deal about it so that's i imagine it's the, on the topic of colors the blue on the 14 looks like the aluminum version of the blue on the pro last year this the mm. the, the sort of sky blue i forget what they call that but the light blue color yeah a decent color lineup uh you get car crash detection just like the apple watch uh the cameras now were a nice little like semantic change is they used to say the wide camera in what everyone else would consider, you know, the the standard n- normal camera, as in like the not telephoto, not ultra wide camera, they used to just call that wide camera, which was always confusing on ultra wide. Now they've changed the terminology to say main camera. So the main camera on the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Plus, is a new 12 megapixel sensor, larger sensor, bigger pixels, faster aperture. They say up to 50% improvement in low light capture. Nothing crazy, but you know, decent increase in low light. And then the selfie camera has autofocus now and a faster aperture again low light improvements and part of the the low light improvements are through this thing that they call the photonic engine which applies deep fusion earlier in the process retaining more detail apparently they called it our biggest step forward yet for low light performance and it can be applied to the camera processing of every lens so you get around a 2x improvement in low light capture on all cameras again we have to wait for reviews to see if it actually makes a difference in real life but sounds good and it's always good to get better low light photos because that's definitely like if you take an iphone picture in bright sunlight always looks pretty good you do it indoors you do it with the you know the dim lights looks pretty rubbish so hopefully the 
photonic engine will change that. And did you know, Zach, that photonic is not a made up word? The document says it is. There's a red line beneath it. I know, but if you <laughs> right click and say look up, photonic is the study of photo related technology. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. I thought it was a really cheesy name, but then I was slightly pacified when I actually found it had a real definition. So it's not like Taptic, which is a form of haptic. Yeah, it's not like Taptic, which is completely invented by somebody. Uh, It is a word, so there you go. Uh, Action mode in the video camera. This is basically like they're cropping in on the video to give you better stabilization. So obviously you've got the optical optical stabilization, you've got the accelerometer offsetting algorithms and now you've got even more buffer because the video's cropped in a bit i think it's 2.8k instead of 4k and then basically that just means they're over scanning so they can crop in and they called it gimbal like smooth video how is this presented in the camera i don't know is it like a sec a new camera is it a setting is it a toggle yeah Good question. Good yeah, question. Okay. No idea. But it's not just on every video that you take. No, it's it's an option. It might be a setting in settings. Because there is because it you is know, a like the camera has settings in settings and settings in the app, right? So maybe yeah. it's like a thing you turn on and off in settings. Yeah, but it is compromising resolution because you're not getting 4K anymore. You'd need 8K to to then crop down to 4K, for the <laughs> which didn't. didn't which happen. they do a trick like that that we talk about in a minute with the Pro phones. But yeah, on the base model, you're just getting a basic crop. Okay. But, the demo looked cool, and maybe some situations it will matter. Uh, they have uh, a big emphasis on eSIM this year, so much so that the US models of the iPhone 14 do not have a physical SIM tray at all. Are you annoyed by this, Zach? When you have, like, it's it's these special situations, but like when you have, um, you know, re- review phones, for example, you can just pop your SIM in there. And then that's your telephone, you know, it's great. Um, if you, I mean, if you like hand down a phone to somebody, it's nice to just be able to say like, you put your SIM in there and then that works. But we're just, we're losing that. I mean, we've been slowly losing that anyway, but like now it's just, it's lost on this, with, the, with this phone generation. The fact that it's US only, I mean, that's because the US carriers are, are caught up on eSIM versus internationally. But I mean, we, we've, we've gone so far from the the Chinese, the China phone having two, two SIM slots to, you know, specialized for, for China and now we have zero in the US. Yeah, eSIM is good. And when it works, it's useful. It's more secure because someone can't steal the SIM card out and like have your phone number all of a sudden. Uh, so there's, there's benefits to it. But it does feel quite aggressive that this year they're not having any SIM it, tray at all. Is it progress? What, what do you get in exchange for this? Like, do you get better, well, exactly. do you get better waterproofing? <laughs> it, or like, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of like the iPhone 7 headphone jack, but to a lesser degree, because obviously way more people cared about the headphone jack than will care about the sim inconvenience but maybe i've definitely seen some people on twitter saying that they travel abroad and stuff and they want they want it's much easier when you travel abroad just to borrow you know just to buy a a local sim rather than doing an e-sim setup so maybe it's a chicken and egg situation where now that apple has like cut cut everybody off that all these services and the carrier service internationally and stuff will buck their ideas up and get more e-sim offerings but there's going to be a friction for sure yeah it's, it's uh, segmenting it by market too is is just strange. Like you know, you buy a phone, you're fourteen, you're gonna have a SIM tray, and if I buy one, I won't. Um, well, the US phones still have millimeter wave exclusively. Okay. For five G. Okay. Well, super important, you know. Trade off. You, you want super fast gigabit, multi gigabit five G, US only. I think most people still attribute like like if aside from like people listening to this podcast, like they still think that the SIM card has your contacts and photos on it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's true. That there's gonna be a reaction eventually. But speaking of another feature that is US and Canada only, because like 
I mean, a satellite clearly only goes over the United States. Emergency SOS fire satellite was announced. This has been long rumored. The idea is you can, if you have no cellular connectivity, if you have no Wi-Fi, but you have, you're able to look at the sky with an open view. You can hold up your phone. You can do like panning for gold in the sky to keep line of sight with a with a with a with a satellite that's moving at fifteen thousand miles an hour or something. There's like a UI on the screen where it says like, now you've got to tilt your phone to the right a bit. Um, you'll be able to send emergency text messages via the satellite network. Uh, this is hilarious because obviously you're talking to a satellite, so I get it, but it's funny how they said it. It only takes less than 15 seconds to send a message with a clear view of the sky. Only less than 15 seconds. And if you've got tree coverage and foliage, it can take a few minutes to send one text message over satellite. So definitely not for high-speed communication. No. If you're in an area where your emergency services can be contacted by text your message will be sent directly to that thing. If you're in an area, state, country or whatever, where there is no like texting facility to 911, uh, Apple is setting up relay centers where there's basically people that are waiting for you to send an emergency SOS message and they will phone the emergency services on your behalf with whatever you've said. Cool. And then they're compressing the size of a text message too. Yeah, they said it can be up to three times smaller somehow. To accomplish this, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think how much little data one text message is, and it's still going to take, it could take minutes to send. That just shows how, like, they're pushing it so that they don't, you know, this is how, they're only just about managing it in the iPhone. It's going to be a while before it gets in the Apple Watch. And this is, I, I, I just think from, like, experience of, like, following, uh, like, even satellite internet, that this is because of the, the the few numbers of satellites in Earth orbit dedicated to this that if like it's it's not a satellite problem necessarily it's just that the the number of satellites specifically for this purpose are few and that if you had just like tons and tons and tons you know in the way that you can have SpaceX Starlink internet and there's even some competitors Amazon setting up a competitor as well that in those cases like you're meant to have high speed internet spread out in in areas without cell connection or you know um ground based internet connection and 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 that's because there's just the just the th- the tens of thousands of satellites that are that are in orbit and it's also the hardware used to contact them right though cuz like for for um even even SpaceX thingy you even have to have that massive mast thing on your roof yeah you've got a, you've got a big antenna you've you they call it Magdishi. and then you've also got ground based stations in the areas that 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 are involved so it isn't just like phone to satellite in the, in those cases or device to satellite it's also it's it's the dish and it's the the base stations in the areas um so so you're right about that 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 it's all infrastructure so so you could see eventually like like if this service was so necessary or you know valued that i i feel like you could I don't know. I mean, with with T-Mobile and their partnership, which is just so vague, but with, with SpaceX Starlink, they 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 describe it as 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 roaming, you know, voice and data roaming using Starlink satellites as like the the other towers, you know, when there's not T-Mobile towers. But that's yeah, with uh, no details on how a phone's actually going to contact the, the or, space link stuff. Or, or, or yeah, the Starlink. So or, or when it will. I mean, it's the most vague description of like even when it will be because they don't they don't say next year or in the next. You know, two years they say, like in the future. So, so yeah, uh, the Apple stuff. It's uh, it's pra- it's practical for what it is. It's kind of like what was described. I mean, it's pretty much what was described. 
emergency services only. Um, so Mark, you know, this is Mark's report from several, like, was it 2018 or so when he first had this story? Yeah. Um, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a document that, that talks about the company that they're using to contract him for the satellite service. And, and I think kind of importantly, um, you, <laughs> we'll talk about this too. You get, you get two years free service, but after that you got to pay. And there's, I don't think there's any details yet on like who you pay, how much you pay, et cetera. They haven't said how much. Yeah. They, yeah. They're going to figure it out in the first two years. It would be, it just seems like, like maybe if you know that you're going to be somewhere where this could be necessary that you'd use it, but it just, it seems so just like you, you just want this to be included with whether your phone service or your, or, you know, having bought the product that, that is it's yeah. there. <laughs> like it doesn't feel like something you should have to pay for when it's emergency SOS only and the likely chances that you will never use it. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, it isn't exactly the same as like car crash detection. Like, you know, that's part of the phone, not a service. Yeah, but but it's it's up there in terms of like wanting to use it, needing to use it, and I think it being free to, free for two years with un with unclear pricing kind of suggests that Apple hasn't decided what the pricing seems going to be. Yeah. You can kind of see maybe they're going to like roll it into iCloud Plus or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. possibly because it. Now, I, I said on Twitter that I feel like it should be something that you should pay for, and people push back at me saying, "Well, they have a." I can't remember the name of the thing, but something or other that allows you to send satellite text messages and that costs $12 a month and you get 10 text messages and you have to pay like 50 cents extra for every additional message. Maybe you get you get five kilobytes for free and then you get five kilobytes is free, pay, yeah. pay more from there. But for, presumably on the thing you're paying $12 a month for, you haven't had to pay $1,000 plus for the phone in the first place. That's one aspect. Hey, you you're pay, not paying you pay like, for the radio. You pay for the, the device though, which can be up there, but not... You know what I mean, though it's a bit yeah. different. It is a bit different. I, I do feel like those those are marketed for like you know, you plan to use those, and that this because in the phone, like if you plan to use those, you might still just use that device as, as a specialized, and I'm sure it's just better. Like it's, to include yeah, it because they also have bigger antennas on them. To include it in the device is is like you, you want it to be that you're not planning for using it, but but it just happens to be a capability of the of the phone, which means that you. You're not going to also plan ahead and pay for it. it you know. It's like Apple Care, but Apple Care is about you, not yeah. your phone. Yeah, kind of situation. Yeah, so progress. I don't know. The, we'll the, see in two years. I yeah, guess, the, 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 the two-year ambiguity is like we, we're we're going to hopefully figure this out and get a good a good deal. Yeah, and, and on Twitter, some people are saying, "Oh, it's all right if you upgrade your phone every two years, you just get it free forever." Mm-mm. Not necessarily. No. Like it might be it's only free for two years you can even redeem that deal once just like apple tv plus is for instance like the free three months or free year of stuff you can only get it one time only so we'll see i i i think maybe eventually it might be like your higher end phone plans from t-mobile verizon just happen to include eventually sos mode or, or maybe apple one includes it or something like that i don't know if they're going to make a whole separate pay for service out of it i guess we'll have to talk about that again in two years time it, it does seem like it's a apple and then the provider versus the carrier because i was talking before like last week the carriers should just bundle this into this one but it seems like it's just nothing to do with the carriers because it is yeah. device to satellite provider yeah when i said that i meant you know like how they're all doing like apple one plans now where sure, you get like yeah. apple services with it like i could see them maybe like mocking that way or something or maybe getting the carrier to pay for it or you know what i mean like something like that but they got two years to negotiate that <laughs> Uh, one cool random thing that was in the iphone section though it's not really an iphone thing is that uh apple fitness plus they introduced it in November 2020 as a fitness workout service designed for the Apple Watch, which, and then they said you can only use it with Apple Watch. You, the the fitness app would not even show up 
that you, you couldn't use it unless you have an Apple Watch attached to your account. They've changed their tune on that. So starting later this fall, not in iOS 16, but with an update to iOS 16, you'll be able to use Apple Fitness Plus on your iPhone without having to have an Apple Watch. So anyone in your family, if you've got Apple One, for instance, can just use it. They don't have to specifically own a watch. Just a much bigger market. Don't know why they didn't do this before. Like, it's cool when you use Fitness Plus with an Apple Watch. You get those extra, you know, overlaid um, metrics and stuff, but it's no by, it's by no means required. So it just felt a bit like an artificial limitation, and Apple's come around on that, and now it's available for everybody to use as long as you've got an iPhone. Yeah, well, do you know if this works also with iPad and with, with Apple TV? You have to have the iPhone. <laughs> okay. If you set it up on the iPhone, then it'll work on iPad and Apple TV. Okay, so they're closer. Well, people have iPhones. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if, if you're iPad only, sorry, mate. Yeah, got, people have iPhones phone. though, so that's, that's yeah. okay. Um, it's also it also follows in in June they announced that the activity app would come to the iPhone without an Apple Watch, just because they were doing the move ring based on the accelerometer in the iPhone for step tracking. They were going to do an estimate of your movement that way. But the, but they explicitly in that you know I think one of, one of our sites had accidental coverage. They said that this would be Fitness Plus for all, and, and they said no 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 it's not it's just the move ring on the phone. It's just the Fitness app, not the Fitness Plus service. And then in the fall they say Fitness Plus service as well. So got it got to be good for for service revenue, right? You know, <laughs> I do wonder maybe Fitness Plus hasn't been as popular as they thought it would be. So now they're trying to like juice the numbers, maybe. Well, it doesn't matter how popular it is. They want it, they want it to do better. Like no matter what, it can be the That's best true. thing That's on true. the planet, but they want growth. I mean, we like we paid. I've paid for Apple One Premiere since it came out in 2020 or whatever. And members of my family have wanted to use Fitness Plus, and they couldn't because they haven't bought a watch. And so I was literally paying for a feature of of this bundle that other people in the family wanted to use. And I was like, sorry, can't do it. So I wish they'd have done this two years ago. But anyway, now they've done it. iPhone 14. Uh, there, there's no there's no price change. There's yeah, seven ninety nine for the 14, eight ninety nine for the new tier of iphone 14 plus um no iphone 14 mini but i would also argue that effectively the 13 mini like if you made a 14 mini i don't know like would it would it get all these changes <laughs> would probably it, not would it get the better camera situation like you know the, the processor is so similar um you kind of okay there you kind of kind of feels like you know i mean there's no rumor of a 15 mini but kind of kind of feels like you're not missing out on a whole lot if you're just in love with that form factor for right now so yeah, but I'm I'm glad they didn't change the prices. Yeah, it's pr- price wise, the prices definitely went up in the in the UK because the pound cu- to dollar currency conversion is terrible at the moment. Yeah, pr- price dollar though, prices they did not change them. You, you can get out the door for eight hundred dollars. You can get an iPhone fourteen, or you can get an Apple Watch Ultra. Both both kind of surprising. And the iPhone fourteen plus eight ninety nine is going to be a big seller. That's that's going to be very appealing to people. Okay. Yeah. And the iPhone fourteen you can pre order. September 9th, same with the iPhone 14 Plus, but the iPhone 14 is available uh, on the 16th, that's next week, and the iPhone 14 Plus is not available to October 7th. Which was sort of rumored that it would be the, the, the Plus was the more constrained later. Yeah, because the Plus screen is being at least partially supplied by BOE, because it's like a cheaper panel supplier rather than Samsung. So that's one reason why, they, and they were having like you know quality issues or certification delays. So there's a motivation for why it's slightly later. D- during code conference, Tim Cook said Samsung again, with the emphasis on Sung. So you're, so, you're, you're <laughs> saying it wrong. <laughs> there was one question that was like praising Apple. It was like, if I want a company, how do I become a monopoly like you? And his answer was like, we're not a monopoly. 
we have competition, Samsung. <laughs> and then the guy is like, no, really, you're a monopoly. No one here even considers other phones. And then Tim Cook's like, no, we, we're not a monopoly. We don't have we don't have the most market share on phones. I was thinking, like, is this guy like undercover antitrust investigator? Was like, <laughs> Although this week there was a report that the iPhone is now more than 50 percent of the U.S. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like more than fifty percent. Andrew is uh, like Android's less than fifty percent in the US. Pretty crazy. Yeah. iPhone fourteen Pro, iPhone fourteen Pro Max. Good stuff here. Here's the here's the new stuff. So we've got. Uh, they say four new colors, four new finishes. Uh, space black in place of graphite. I think first time we're saying space black about an iPhone. Uh, yeah, because it's been space gray before. Yeah. Yeah. Silver, and I think the difference here is that the, 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 the back of the silver phone is more like iPhone ten silver, where it's like white on the back and not sort of off-white. Mm-hmm. Gold, same situation where it's, it's the, the gold seems yellower, like more yellow on the glass part, which is closer to the band than like a, a light, a pale pink color. So just based on what we've seen so far from hands-on. And then deep purple is the rumored purple color. Uh, there were some like rumors, you know, what, what, what was the, the what, iridescent? Uh, iridescent, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that quite played out, but it's, it is purple. Uh, so some of the hands-on show it as quite a pale purple. Yeah. Like, if you if you don't have the light right, maybe it just looks silver. Rather than, kind of like the blue one from the iPad, you know what I mean? Like, or, or the, yeah, 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 yeah. Prior, prior to the so, iPad Air 2, the iPad Air 1 was like... Yeah, the iPad Air 1 blue, yeah. 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 Um, so it was, again, it's so hard to tell from Apple's website photos what these things look like. But I'm happy at least that we don't have any midnight rubbish. We've got good old neutral black uh, with space black. It could still be blacker. Could yeah. still be darker. Not the, we haven't got back to matte black or jet black levels. But the, the steel, it's space gray. the steel is, is is black enough. The glass is still it gets darker than the graphite one, darker than space gray one, but it's still not like jet black. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah. The 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 pill plus hole punch, you know, that replaces the notch has a proper name. What did they call the the notch? They, the, the, the true depth sensor housing, like they had yeah, a, they call it the sensor housing. Yeah, yeah had, had a proper name. This does too. It's a dynamic island. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing because like people I, design <laughs> like they they did a good job of designing this thing. Uh, there's some fun, playful elements that are that are reminiscent of the iPhone 10 home indicator mm-hmm. gesture-based system. Same energy is brought to this. Uh, Dynamic Island, man, what a name! Yeah, uh, I think the feature's pretty great. The name, <laughs> I'm the, not calling it the Dynamic Island. Di- it's almost like like it's like an okay internal name or code name or nickname, but like the proper name for this, whatever. Okay, uh, Dynamic. I mean, it- I, I I don't know what I'm going to settle on. I'm, I'd be okay with Island. I'm not going to call it Dynamic Island, but okay. probably I think people just generally call it a pill because in most it situations like it looks like a pill, right? Yeah, it looks like a pill, you're right? Yeah. Even though you know at the hardware level it is two separate sensors, like the hole punch and the and the pill shape are separated. But in yeah. software, most of the time they're blacking it out, so it looks like one continuous pill. Yeah. But there is a bit of lit up screen in the middle, which matches 95 Mac reporting from last week, where indeed. If you've got the camera on, the green privacy indicator appears in between. Yeah, or or if you've got search ads, they put some ads there in between. <laughs> no, no, not yet, not yet. So, yeah, the, the dynamic ad placement hasn't come to the dynamic island just yet. They really embrace it, though. They they do a lot of UI elements that are just sort of wrapped around it, make it look like it, it extends even further than it does, takes away from stuff that would be in the status bar. Um, 
it's, there's a lot to it. A lot to it. Uh, the island part of it, like uh, Stephen Hackett on Connected, had described this as an island among glass, I believe. And so when they actually called it, and, and I think his co- his his co-host sort of downplayed that, and it was on an episode where that couldn't be the show title, but it would have been if it were if they had show titles for that episode. So the fact that they called it the Dynamic Island just seemed like it was just directly connected to that. It was amazing. So Dynamic Island. <laughs> Um, what do you think about the way that they, they do the design elements around it? Yeah, I think it's really nice. Like, I was saying up to this that there's not really much space between the hole punch and the pill to put much in that, like, gap of screen, right? Uh, and I think I was correct in that, and that if you actually look at all these designs, most of the time, apart from those, like, LED fake lights, the middle part is just blacked out. What they do instead is extend it like up, right, left, and down to give you content around it. So there's nothing like because they called they, they you know in their like PR blitz they were like this is a combination of hardware and software that's only possible. Blah, blah, blah. Like you could do these UI elements with a notch, like they've just pushed out to the sides on the or left and right as well. Like you could do it, these it, with like, a blank space there. <laughs> they could do with a blank space, and in fact, if in the future they do get a, an iPhone that has no holes at all they can just make the gap in between the the island smaller. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's nothing yeah. there's nothing like fundamentally like hardwarey about it. They've just done a nice way to kind of paper over the permanent holes and give you a new kind of like multitasking interface almost. But like that aside, I think it's cool. Like each individual like platter has a different like personality and animation. So like the you have like the phone come in and they have the notification for the phone call banner like expand outwards and emerge from that kind of island area if you have a timer you can get like your pause timer buttons in in the in that top area if you have an alarm the platter like shimmies left and right in time with the music to give you know some like personality the face id like authentication thing which before was just like this boring gray thing that appeared in the center now it like drops down from the island at the top like they've done a lot of work on to make it look cool and when you charge it like turns green just to show you like your charging status with the percentage and then it fades back in when the platters expand the time and the battery and the wi-fi they like shuffle off to the left and right with a cute animation like it's very nice it's very well done at least based on the videos and it's definitely and it does have some functional benefit too like it is a, it is a largely aesthetic but if you are juggling multiple activities like a audio recording and a timer the pill like splits in two so one side of it shows your recording status and one side of it shows the timer and you have your active application you want to switch back to the timer you just tap it at the top of the screen it switches to the timer if you long press you get controls contextual controls right there like seems pretty good for basically they're basically making the best of dead space in a way that part of it sort of reminds me of the light lighting up the left corner um with orange or blue or green based on things like um active phone call or navigation or mm-hmm. background audio recording those things so but this is like the, the newer version of that because I, I, I think in some situations probably you you get more utility out of the, like this design like the software design not not the hardware part of it but this the software part of it that they're embracing that multitasking wise i mean and there's just a lot like a lot more when like all the all the minimized platters if you long press them they give you some buttons and controls like right there so yeah you do get some like functionality in that way yeah yeah we, and we, like on the mm-hmm. we know now why they did the waveform on the lock screen in ios 16 beta because on the on the platter for now playing music you have the like album art on the left and on the right you have the live waveform it's like ah that's where it goes right that's there where, that's where it goes. yeah 
And if you have live activities from third-party apps, they will show up in the island as well. But the first-party stuff has a lot more animation potential and interactivity. So, like, the live activities are all static. And they just show... They have a minimized state and they have an expanded state, but they don't have, like, special animations or movement or, you know, live... Like, like the audio recorder, they show um, for the Apple um, voice memos app. It has, like, a waveform that's updating in real time. The third-party apps won't be able to do that. They don't get that much opportunity to refresh. So it integrates and it looks nice, but it's not as capable as what they're doing with the first-party stuff. Maybe in future OS versions, they'll like expand the APIs and stuff so you can match the system behavior one-to-one, but at least not at launch. I like when things go into the island. Like You, you push it up and it, the island sucks it up. You know, like yeah, like it like blob. zooms up there. And yeah. if you do, if you do have a multitasking thing where you're getting two up there, they like the pill like elegantly like bounces and splits apart. That's a cool. That's a cool animation. Yeah, Alan Dye did a good job on this one. Alan Dye did a good job with the. That's why it's dynamic Alan. It's his island. It's the Alan Dye <laughs> dynamic Alan. The system settings uh, developers from Macros Ventura they've been too busy making this animations. Or stage manager. Or stage manager. Yeah. Yeah. Some some comparison to Touch Bar because Touch Bar is you know. It's a different name for a similar things. Similar, but, definitely similar. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I think it's cool. Also, it definitely, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a striking thing. It, it sets it apart for sure. Yeah. And even like it's not, it's not wildly different to a standard iPhone experience, but it's nice enough. And we, we, the, the hardware wise, like the benefit. Before this presentation was well, it's a little bit more modern looking. Maybe if this is a preference of yours, like it does look different and more. And you know, the the if there's no utility difference to it because you still have the same amount of space that's unusable, then it does look a little newer at least. Um, and then in the presentation and, and software, they've they've made it where they they do add function to it that isn't doesn't require this they could do this before but they've taken this opportunity to also do some some cool functional stuff as well so and just the pill in its kind of dormant state right just with the blacked out single pill shape yeah right now when i'm looking at apple's photos of the phone the pill does kind of stick out more than the notch did in terms of like yeah, yeah. dragging and distracting the eye but i think a lot of that might just be like we haven't got acclimatized to it and got used to it like in a couple of months it'll be like oh that's just what the iphone looks like and it'll be as like forgettable as how the notch is now do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It, the the pill is just the pill shape as well. Uh, so when they were playing video and landscape, it did stand out more to me as well then. Because um, you do have video cut off by it. And then this on the, the little tiny gap, you've got video that plays mm-hmm. right there. If you're in full screen, I wonder if they'll do the, you know, where a letterbox that would fit perfectly. Um, I mean, it's hard to complain about it because there's just less black space there, I guess. But but you know, before I kind of put my thumb over it and like nothing was missing, and now you'll have a little gap there. But um, I mean, it's it's the preference, I'd say, <laughs> if you have the two options. Yeah, I think people get used to it. Yeah, now our now our MacBooks are completely obsolete with their and the, and the one other thing just watches. to remember is like the touch sensitivity. If you only touch the camera lens, nothing's going to happen. So like the default action, if you tap on the pill, is that it goes to the application that's in the pill, right? But you had, you are like do you have to remember that it is faking screen, right? Because the some of those black bits are just sensors. And so you have the touch sensitivity surrounding it. And then you have in the middle, in that middle area where there is no sensor. But if you touch directly on either of the sensors, the touch capacitor will not work. I guess what Apple's 
counting on is that most people aren't very precise with their taps so they'll just do like a rough tap with a finger and something in that area will contact the actual touch screen and activate it did that make sense there? did you get what i mean yep yep yeah okay uh it's so that's the dynamic island stuff i'm sure we'll talk about more when we actually get hands on them but it looks cool the uh screens they're the same size they're 6.1 6.7 the the bezels are thinner unclear how much thinner but a little bit thinner always nice yeah. uh you, they go up to even brighter now they go to 1600 nits during hdr video and in bright sunny days they can peak at 2000 like the apple watch ultra probably yeah. only peak for a little while because that's what it means by peak but nice little brightness improvement indeed we now have the always on display as well which is more it's kind of funny they didn't yeah. really like talk about it very much he'd like greg just react just kind of mentioned it offhandly and then moved on but yeah they, they get- kind of framed it as like the time for this now is because of the widgets on the lock screen um it, and it's more than just the widgets lighting up and the clock lighting up and the rest just being black like it's kind of standard for android phones i mean they, they do a full-on always on face or, or, or lock screen including it's way less dim than i thought it was going to be like sure yeah you have a photo on your lock screen you <laughs> yep. see most of the photo yeah, yeah. It, it darkens it and they, they highlight that it darkens it while preserving skin tones you know it isn't just their wallpapers that can do this it's it's any wallpaper that you assign um but yeah it, it's it's less like your phone is just always less off unless you turn off that feature you know it's interesting and if you have notifications, they show up in the always-on state as well. Like, you see the notification banners on the lock screen and stuff. Yeah, I wonder um, if this is... Like, with, with, with the Apple Watch, always-on is just necessary because that's that's a limiting factor of the Series 4 and earlier is that in, in any other watch, di- digital or analog, you always have the time visible. And on the Apple Watch Series 4 and earlier, to preserve battery life, it, it turned off unless you tapped it or you know raised your wrist or or however. And so, just necessary. And it didn't feel like this is sort of a bonus or is it really needed on the iPhone? There's not a comparison to an analog watch or a digital watch. The iPhone is smartphone, and sure, Android phones have always on display elements as well. Um, not all, but most. And now the iPhone can as well, but I don't know. Will it will it feel like in the future that like if a phone that turns off ever is just that? How do they ever behave that way? That that phone should always feel like books that they have a cover that that shows, or and if it's off, it's turned off. You know, <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will it feel old? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably a given time. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out. And you've got the A16 chip in the Pro models. Wow. Clearly, don't expect big performance improvements because they didn't talk about a jump in CPU or GPU at all. Uh, they they said the A16 chip focused on power efficiency, display, and camera. Uh, it is built on a new 4 nanometer process, which is unexpected because a lot of reports said it was still going to be using the 5 nanometer process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it seems like they're mostly using this for power efficiency. So like you get the same battery life despite having always on uh, and all the dynamic island stuff. Uh they even said they got a dedicated display coprocessor now, which kind of runs the phone in the always-on mode. Uh, and they said the high-performance CPU cores are 20% lower power usage. So there you go. Uh, then we got the cameras. Some pretty big claims in the camera department. But again, we don't know if they actually are meaningful until people test them. So the main camera, 48 megapixels now as expected. They called it a quad-pixel sensor. Of course, in most cases, it's going to do the pixel binning where it takes every fourth pixel and it picks one to optimize for light capture uh overall the sensor 65 percent larger 24 millimeter focal length better light capture combined with a photonic engine we they say it's up to two times improvement 
compared to iPhone 13 Pro. So two times will be a very significant and noticeable if it's true. So we'll look for that. And they're also using the 48 megapixel sensor thing to emulate a two times telephoto zoom. Yeah, so effectively you've got half X, one X, two X and three X, which is the solution to the problem for the last couple of years where um, on the 12 plus you had 2.5 X, not that bad. You know, it's close enough to two X that you're not losing shots that way. You're also not getting much further. With 13 plus or excuse me, 13 max, you had 3x, same on the on the 13 Pro, like, you know, 3x on both of those. And and it was like I, I mentioned in the first week of the podcast when I had the phone, it was like, you know, you do kind of lose out on those 2x shots. Like those are digitally cropped now. You've, you've either you got to like adjust where you're standing or, you know, choose, well, there's a big gap from 1x and 3x. It's nice to go further, but you also miss out on like 2x is pretty good for a lot of things. Um, and in this case, like if this is, what do you think? Do you think this is going to be as good as having a 2X lens? A I don't know. Yeah? because I it. think it might be a, like a halfway house. Because it's it's a literal crop, but it's not like a digital crop where it's a sensor that's try, it's just trying to make it look better than if it, you just cropped it, like, you know, without Yeah, you're anything. getting 12 real megapixels of image. Yeah. But there's a reason they're doing pixel bing, right? Because the sensor is for, like, each of those pixels is surely smaller than one pixel was in the iPhone 13. Mm-hmm. So... Although you are getting like 12 true megapixels out of that like center middle area, I can't imagine it'd be as good as if you just had a dedicated 2x, phone, 2X, uh, 2X lens on there. But again, we'll see in testing. I think it'll be, it'll definitely be better than the status quo of last year where you were crossing in on the 1x. You're using yeah. digital zoom for 2x, yeah. 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 And based on code findings, there will be options to either take 12 megapixel or 24 megapixel photos. Cool. As standard. Uh, I d- again, I don't know if it's like, automatic you change the setting or whatever yeah but they did say in the keynote that if you do pro raw you'll be able to take 48 megapixel images you get the full 48 and they showed like this gigantic beach scene and you could zoom way down and or crop and you get detail and and trees and and stone color they also showed like visually in that presentation a lot of art printed out on walls and like a printer in the background that would print out these large images so i I think the idea there is like if you are using pro raw and you can do these you know gigantic size printouts and in detail Oh, it's uh, I, I think the big surprise for me, like and, and I actually missed this part of the keynote for uh, Internet issues and then rewatched it after. And so the 2X news was news to me. And so I was like, whoa, that's, you know, fixes a problem from last year. It just depends on how good it is in practice. We'll see. Yep. Ultra wide camera also got an upgrade. A larger sensor up to three times low light capture, which is nice because the ultra wide always has very bad low light capture. Yep. And they also said it can focus better for higher detailed macro shots. The flash has been changed. And now it's like a nine element flash. And <laughs> based on the focal length of the photo being taken, they changed the pattern of the LEDs to give yeah. a more like even out look. Uh, again, the photonic engine improves all lenses to, uh, for low light photography. Uh, it has action mode, just like the iPhone 14. That's the gimbal thing. Mm-hmm. And then cinematic mode now supports 4K. 24 or 30 fps and i believe that is also on the iphone 14 it's not just you're Pro right exclusive. yeah they've somehow yeah. managed to do that on an iphone with an a15 chip the one that's in the iphone 13 pro and pro max that can't do this they, they've managed to do that oh funny that it's amazing yeah <laughs> but this is exactly what people said that should have happened last year because if it's cinematic it should support 24 fps yeah. and it should support 4k the cinematic standard as they called it <laughs> indeed uh cinematic mode still a gimmicky kind of thing i'm not sure that loads of people are suddenly going to use it now but it definitely makes more sense than it did 
And again, the same prices, 9.99 for iPhone 14 Pro, 10.99 iPhone 14 Pro Max. The storage is the storage is also stayed the same, so the rumors of going to 256 base were incorrect. So it's still 128 base for those prices. Order September 9th, available next week, September 16th. Yeah, for the iPhone date, the 16th shipping date is pretty good. You know, I guess the Siri date is out as well, but you know, boring. Um, yeah, and in the iPhones, September 16th for all models apart from the Plus, which is October. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so 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 you you got the sixteenth for the iPhones, except for the Plus. Then you've got the twenty third for the Apple Watch Ultra and the AirPods, and you got October seventh for the uh, iPhone fourteen Plus. And you said you're buying the Apple Watch Ultra, right? Yeah, Apple Watch Ultra, and I was thinking I was trying to get there in the segment, but I lost the train of thought. But it was because I say so many things. But um, it's nice that the Apple Watch Ultra is one price. Like on every other Apple Watch, you've got from three twenty nine or from you know. Even with the SE, you've got from 249 because it's also the cellular version. Because there's one configuration in terms of GPS plus cellular, same on, on stainless steel, but also there's only one size. You know, for stainless steel, it's always from X price, but if I want the bigger one, it's a little bit more. So on, on Apple Watch Ultra, there's only one price, 799 no matter what you, what you want out of it. I mean, I think it's the bands are all $100 as well. So if they added different band, you know, options and maybe that could change but i like that it's just 800 dollars one price for the iphone um i definitely want to upgrade i've upgraded every single year since iphone 4 um right now i'll have to wait on that just for budget but um when i i had iphone 13 pro last year the the blue version and i changed carriers sort of midway through and and that was largely to make my phone bill go down by about 4x to really <laughs> big difference and i also thought well in the spirit of that if i just get the iphone 13 instead of the 13 pro um then my phone bill is below a hundred dollars for the first time in years so um i did that but i absolutely miss having the third the telephoto camera i i miss out on that a lot and so if i mean i i would want to change phones just for that purpose um, but I think I'll probably be later in the cycle, like maybe October, November, whenever I do that upgrade. But I'll also, you know, because I'm doing just a change this year, I also, um, I will, I want to go for the max this year. And, you know, it's nice when you upgrade phones so frequently, you can change, you know, year to year, what size, but, um, I think I had the, the 10s max. I don't think I've had a max in a while though. So I'm going to go for the, go for the max size this year. So the 14 pro max uh, I'm totally fine with the 128 gigabyte storage based on iCloud photo library and um and because your photo library doesn't already fit yeah it doesn't always fit so, I would yeah. need to go to one terabyte for that to be local and so the the difference there is I'm fine with 128 um so the 1099 model color wise probably silver uh just just out of preference uh probably silver yeah yeah. The, the purple was intriguing, but I think just based on the rumor, but I think that in, in practice, it's a little less exciting. It's just that now there's a purple iPhone. It isn't so, so much that it changes based on the, the lighting as much. And then the space black one, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad that they've got the darker version this year than, than graphite and space gray. But if again, the, the glass in the, the back is like, it's still gray. Um, yeah, it's so, darker gray, but it's still gray. Yeah, and my iPhone 13 is the midnight color, so like it's got the dark back, like actually black black. Yeah, so uh, it's the bands that are the midnight color, where a little blue blue hue to it. But so yeah, that that's that's my year as uh, I think Apple Watch Ultra from day one, 
and then uh, iPhone 14 Pro Max in a couple of months. And for me, I think it's time to retire the 11 Pro. Okay, good and job. And get the 14 Pro. All right, all right. Yeah, space black, baby. Space black. What about Apple si- Watch, don't really care. I'm going to wait another cycle, I think. Cool, cool. I, I can see that. Because you, you would always go for the smaller size, so the Ultra is just way yeah. out of the Ultra's size. doesn't, like, Ultra's cool. Still wouldn't, I don't like how it looks per, okay. personally, yeah. but even if it did fit, like, it just doesn't fit the wrist, so it's completely out of the equation. Series 8 is same as Series 7, really. So I didn't pick the Series 7 last year, so why would I pick the Series yeah. 8 this year? Yeah, yeah. Makes but sense the, to me. the iPhone 14 Pro, the island stuff is cool. The always-on display stuff is cool. The camera stuff, I hope, is going to deliver. And I've banked up several years of improvements compared to the 11 Pro already. Mm-hmm. And it's also partly just for development side, like the behavior of the always-on and the island and stuff. It is way too different. So I need to get a phone anyway. But it is mostly because... I want it. It looks cool. And yeah. Pro- promotion, you know, having had promotion on an iPhone and then going from promotion, can you, you get used to either way, but it's, it is just nicer to have promotion. Yeah. I I'll love promotion. On the phone especially. Yeah. I, I've, I've tried my best to not be ruined by it over the last year or so. Yeah. Somewhat failed, <laughs> but uh, I'll love it when I get it. Yeah. Well. So yeah, I'm going to order the 256 space black. Cool. Cool. Nice. Can can your photo library fit on 256? Like My that? photo library can. So that's that's the factor. Nice. Well, obviously, I back, I back up to iPhone photo library anyway, but if it can fit all in one, it's nice to do it. So. Yeah, it's the funny with each kid that you have, your photo library explodes just on like levels of magnitude higher. It, so that's my excuse. I also take a lot of photos anyway every day. But. Yeah. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good event. Yeah. Like obviously the, the Ultra and the Pros are definitely where the the cool stuff is on this event. Yep. The base model stuff is very, very minor, but um, overall good event. Yep. I think next week we'll know even more about everything that's been announced because this is the quickest turnaround we've had in a long time for our podcast and the event. Um, so it'd be fun to, to know even more tidbits and everything before they, they, the things come out. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back in October for another event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some Mac stuff, some iPad stuff and Apple TV stuff. Maybe what about that ending with this little severance teaser? We're getting a lot of tips in our inbox today about that being an Apple headset teaser of some kind. What? why are people saying, I don't get it. Why are people saying, I don't get it either. Okay. That's fine. I, mean, I guess people just haven't seen the show. <laughs> well, there's one that even says like, is that, is that a VR headset teaser or it is, is it severance? So then they, they know you're halfway there. It's <laughs> so obviously a severance teaser. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hell out she's, she's not severance even, season two hasn't even started filming yet so they're she, teasing it quite early she's on a subway that's, that's, that's a big change so. yeah they should the, the the severance teaser for this year might pay off in a year's time when it's actually out yeah do you remember uh there was the event where they showed the recipe for the the ted lasso recipe uh, yeah for the bits yeah yeah so it's not the first time they've done this but it's it's a it's a, it's a clever one it was nice all right. Well, that is the Happy Hour podcast for this week. If you're new to this show, thanks for listening and making it this far in. Um, please follow or subscribe, whichever your podcast app lets you do. We have an ad-free version, an Apple podcast. It's $4.99 per month uh, or $49.99 per year. We do an episode every week, usually about an hour and a half long, hour long. Um, not usually two hours long, unless there's something big to talk about. Um, if you enjoy the show, also uh, tell a friend, give a rating, write a review in your podcast app. We appreciate all of that. If you have any feedback, you can email Benjamin and I together uh, at happyhour at 905mac.com. I'm on Twitter at ApolloZach. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-Z-C. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at... B-Z-A-M-A-N. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.